Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. Just man, that's a nickname. What was that to say with no shame? Lost my normal intro beat for some reason. The video is unavailable, so I'm trying to find a new beat to start out the podcast with today. Chew, my man, Smats the Stats Kid, coming through today in studio. We got some MLB lockout. Big day for the MLB and baseball fans. Looking forward to touching up on that with my man Chu, Rich, Hot Takes, Letty, NBA Phenom. Should be stopping through to touch on the Harden debut, Lakers potentially missing the playoffs. Something he could be right on the money on. You heard it here first on the Seggy Station podcast. Much love to all the support for the podcast. As always, sports absolutely popping. Mass mandates being removed. And we'll see if vaccine mandates are removed, at least in the Barclays for Kyrie Irving. Still obviously a topic of conversation as COVID continually seems to be decreasing across the country with obviously more and more things happening across the country, sports-related, non-sports-related. Plenty of storylines, headlines, news topics, conversations, and plenty to be played out as we're already at the end of February here, March Madness right around the corner. A historic day on Saturday for college basketball as seven of the top ten teams all lost in the same day. First time since 1948 that six top one teams lost in the same day. Top six teams lost in the same day in 1948. Wild for college hoops. But I've been on that here on the podcast. College hoops much better than college football. Currently in some turmoil as well. And we'll see how college football shakes out going forward. But college hoops, basketball... That's what we're trying to be right now. March Madness right around the corner. MLB lockout, as I mentioned, with Chu. Plenty to touch on there. And obviously the second half of the NBA season, the 76ers, Lakers, Nets, Grizzlies, Bulls, some of these teams highlighting the headlines heading into the playoffs. Plenty to touch on. Appreciate all the love and support. I'm going to have to try and get my normal beat back. So I'm a little off. Base with that, but appreciate all love and support for the podcast as always. Follow along my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Always got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. But right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. You should be here any minute. Send the link over to Rich. Both the boys getting out of the gym this morning, coming through talking some sports here on the station. Should be a good show. Enjoy it. What the? No, I won't steal it. That's my, that's yes, my work well, stick, I like to call it. Of course, it. yeah, you got to have Smats is here, my friend. Oh, what's going on, all you beautiful people? Smats, my friend. You know, I'm laughing before we dive into it. Might have been off the mic. Can't remember because it's been a little while, a couple weeks since I've been here. But we were literally talking beginning of February. Yeah, it's the beginning of February. Watch. I won't hear from you for a little bit, and it'll be the end of February, and then we're getting on for our pod at the end of the month. And what is it? Literally the last day of February. Last day so of February. I just find it. I knew kind of like that that was going to happen, but it's kind of funny when the time goes by and you see it like that. Hello, Lila. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because it's crazy how fast time goes by. Time has been ripping on by, bro. Sports-wise, winter-wise, for me, obviously... Not working in the winter and now working like more in the winter yeah, how's it than been? I was in the spring and summer. You it's been like great, it, dude. You like yeah, staying busy, so I really enjoy it. Just haven't been able to pod as much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I've been able to chill as much, but... but it does kind of make it like way more fun when I get the text today that I saw that you were pod and you were off and I'm like, Oh hell yeah, it's been a minute. So I it's feel like that, it makes it a little bit more. It's a combination of that. It's harder to, it's harder to catch up, but it's oh, a combination definitely. of, it makes the winter go by so much mm-hmm. faster, but yeah, I does. hate the winter. Winter is I, I don't like doing well, winter. My brother just left this morning on a trip to Utah. Oh, jeez. That's uh, awesome. About to go skiing and whatnot. And like, that's like the exact opposite for me. Like, yeah, I'm trying to go to a trip kid. to where it's Somewhere warm and play golf, golf and balls, yeah. be on the beach. Right? Give um, me a batting cage. It's been good, though, man. I really... Not only do you know I have the passion to, you know, come in here and do the pod and talk sports, and yeah. I much appreciate you and Rich course, and brother. everybody coming through and doing that, but I've been growing back this passion that I've always had for teaching golf, now teaching more golf. Uh, teaching more golf now than I have really since I've been out of college with my PGA degree. Um, just having more time to teach, even though I am working as well, um, has really been great for me, especially at this spot, even though it's indoors, hoping to try and get it outdoors, trying to mm-hmm. keep it indoors as well. Yep. Trying to figure out where it's going to go yeah. from here. Cause to be honest, bro, I've been working like my brother tells me, um, at a green grass facility, since I've been, you know, since I've been graduated, yeah, yeah. which makes sense even if you don't even that, know what dude, I'm talking high about. School, you were working yeah, at... in high school, working at the golf course. Yeah, I've just always been kind of working at the from golf course. From Norwich. Uh, I love working at the golf course. Um, but I don't work at the golf course as like a teaching professional. I work at the golf you course as like as an a, assistant yeah. or yep. like a, you know, a guy at the golf you course. Yourself? Can I ask you a question? And Is I that just want to be a teaching guy. A teacher, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. The thing that becomes... You find a lot more teaching. You know what's wild about this whole thing for me that Mm -hmm. the past, like, few months, I haven't seen you in, like, Yeah, it's been a minute since we dropped off your car was the last time. I've been... There's so much that's happened to me in the last few weeks. I know, it's been a while, yeah. It's ridiculous. And that last talk that we had... Yeah, it was a great talk, You'd be surprised all the things that have happened to me since then. Good, good. Good? Yeah, you'd be so surprised. It's just unreal. But the thing that I really... After that talk that made me kind of, like, get back into the right mode is because think about how I've been trying to, like, push the podcast and, like, promote the podcast and, like, grow the podcast. Just listen to this for a second. And it's always kind of, like... I've I've been kind of like geared at that. Like yeah. that's really what I want to promote for myself. Like my even on my social media accounts, you know what social media is nowadays. I use it for my podcast. Yeah, that's like, all, I, I even looked at like the I use my literally my all forever. my social media accounts it's that I use is just my podcast social media it's accounts. It's better though. So kinda. I just that's like all I've been using on it. Mm-hmm. Promoting my podcast, which it's falling short of where I want, but I promoted to a point where shit, dude. I did not think I'd be able to get it to this point. I try, try, and try. I have to do that with golf. Mm-hmm. Like, teaching golf, that's what it is. Like, you promote yourself, and it's a reflection of yourself mm-hmm. once you start getting word of mouth, things like that. Word of Very mouth similar is to of, the podcast. It's one of the biggest networking things you could have, especially in that field. If you work with and a so I kids, found they this out, down, basically, even just looking and talking to Dukes about the thing he was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, even yeah. just seeing other people that I've talked about here on the podcast doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, Glenwood Barbershop, I talked about yeah, last podcast. Yeah, yeah, Dylan's at. Dylan, where I go get yeah, my haircut. Opened up his new own yeah, shop. That's awesome. Good for Like, him. I started going to him, talking about here on a podcast when he's caught in his basement. He's got his own shop telling me he's got 100 appointments a week. And yep. I and I'm sitting in the chair this past week talking to him about this with all this shit going on in Ukraine and all this wild shit in the sports world and time ripping on by thinking to him telling him I'm like bro can you believe like you know you go back a couple years and you were you were like, damn, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like some of the shit. And I'd be telling, dude, just give it a little time. Now exactly. you got your own shot. Yeah, exactly. And look how it works out. You might have to, you know, the trials and tribulations. And so it's just wild like, to me. Because like, I, I felt like I went through you this wild working. time with the pod. Yeah. And I just, now I'm kind of coming back up on it. And it's yep. just passion of getting back to the teaching golf again. And, mm-hmm. and really finding that passion again. 
realizing that yeah. this passion I always kind of had going here, always. maybe not doing it as much. The real passion is there. Oh yeah, like this is like a side. This is for hobby fun. Yeah, passion. So that like, could be a career. Yeah, straight up, we're just doing this for fun. And yeah, I'd like to make some money off it, but that's not where I'm making money, bro. No, I make no, a yeah, career off of teaching golf and exactly. being a golf guy. Well, you know, I, I which wanna... is wild to me because I put it all into perspective. You're kind of going through a job change. A lot of people across the country, bro. A lot of people going through job change. This is yeah. a good way to start off the podcast well, today because I, yeah. I have some people listening to the podcast, and I've been starting off with Seggy's topic of the day. This is my main thing, like. I used to feel this way. I used to talk about it here in the podcast. Like you get comfortable, or you get like content, or like you're just like, oh, this is what I have. I like, like to call this it is my job. You are comfortable. Like you know in what I'm saying. Area. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to do out. anything about it if you're feeling some type of way. And I've talked to people that I met at work that are going through this very issue. Mm-hmm. And never mind people I've talked to. The whole thing with the COVID and people losing jobs. And now, yeah, get things are getting better now. Mass yep. mandates coming down. Who knows if. Mask uh, or vaccine mandates are going to be changing. Yeah. But at this point, uh, all that like has kind of like affected people, man. Yeah. People lost jobs, had to get new jobs, had to like mm-hmm. figure out other ways of life. And to me, now Work we're kind of coming back out of this isolated. a little bit yeah. again, right? Yeah, As the like spike kind of comes yeah. down, even though it's still kind of a thing it's and there's some there, all wild shit like going on in other places. It like, seems like we hit the valley and like maybe we're starting to transition a little up. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know all the details of it, but it does kind of feel like that. It's just crazy to me because like when I was at my job that I felt like I wasn't happy about, it was like, damn, do I really want to leave a job where I'm making this, this amount of dollars? Am I going to make less money? You know, that's one of the factors. Um... You know, all these people and relationships that I met. I make, I make more money now. I have new relationships that I made. And it's shit that I wasn't able to see. And you're spending less time driving. And I talk, to, to, and I talk to people about things that they're kind of going through too. And they're like, oh, they're asking me, when are you going to be potting and shit like that? Because a lot of what my podcast is, regardless of us coming in and having sports takes, mm-hmm. is talking like this. Yeah. Just talking about things that we're going through. Things that other people are going through. I think this is a great intro. And by people, the way. I got people some really I get some appreci- for appreciation sure. yeah. for this, dog. And you know, I lost sight of that for a minute, bro. Mm-hmm. I was down for a minute. Not even. Well, I was. I was tough. Yeah, I couldn't I even do were. my. I couldn't even do my podcast by myself. No, I feel like I could. I feel like I could now. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I'm getting better. A lot of things have kind of changed for me. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm. I like doing it when other people are here. That's just it's where fun, I've kind of gotten at. It's, it's fun, absolutely. And even if it's only, you know, once a week, once a month, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's you know, still, I've grown to still, kind of love you know, that. spend an hour and a half having a yeah, great I've, time. I've learned to chill g- for a half hour. I love that. It's great. And, and it's mean, weird because I used to pod so much by myself, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't want it because I see these people that do it every day for a living. And I understand that's why they get paid the amount of money they do and go through the type of stuff they go through mm-hmm. to be able to do this on that type of platform. Cause that shit's hard, bro. But there's so much to talk about. Yeah. There really is. There's well, enough to be able to drop in every day. The other day, you're like ten days out. We got a lot to catch up on. It's so a it's lot. Crazy how fast time goes by. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I really love that you start the uh, podcast off with that because usually we dive right into sports, and I think it's important, um, especially with my perspective on things recently. You know, baseball's been such a shithole. We'll get to that later. But you know, football ended. I'm not. I like basketball, but I'm not as deep into it as other sports so it's like i don't really have as much to contribute today but i feel like this is a great starting point especially for our listeners listeners because it's really about the end of the day it's all trying to find things that make you happy and like i can even notice just talking to you right now after the past month where it does seem like 
um, a switch flipped in your head or something like you're kind of viewing things in a little bit of a different lens and that could change an hour from now it could change tomorrow like that but I'm really happy to see the vibes that you're giving off right now and I kind of feel the same way where it was like I was in a bad rut too uh, you know just working not doing much kind of just you know the minutiae of everyday life and then I got to this point where I've had a couple months off and I wanted to get back into the gym because you know I started drinking heavy I was drinking a lot again you know it's, it's kind of funny but it's not funny when I'm just crushing beers chilling by myself and stuff yeah but, uh, you know, I've cut back on the drink. It's real life shit, I've only shit, drank three dog. times this year, which is great. And one of them was when I went to the Yukon game. It's the real life shit, good. dog. But you know what's amazing, too, is I've gotten back into the gym. And you know how I have a passion for it. Burned off um, 25 pounds since mid-December right now. And it's like, it's the same thing where like a switch is flipped in my brain where it's like, no, nah, I got to get there because not only does it feel good working out, you feel good, you look in the mirror, you feel like you're looking better, but it helps with my brain, too, and mentally and like. You know, it's all right. I can spend an hour, an hour and a half at the gym. You know, I'm not working right now. Sometimes two hours, just like zone out of everything, all the things that stress you out and stuff. Yeah. And then it's like really just lock in for those couple hours. And like I walk out of the gym, dude, and I feel accomplished. I feel like I did something. And it and it's making me do more stuff as I get out of the gym. Before it would be kind of go home, relax, do my own thing. Now it's like, um, you know, got to hit the grocery store, make some food, meal prep, so I'm good to go. Uh, you know, a bunch of laundry, helping out with, you know, a couple tasks around the house. It just feels good, you know? So I think it's awesome that we're kind of talking about stuff like this because we always dive right into the sports. But at the end of the day, sports are, you know, a good avenue it's for us to kind shit, of zone though. out. But, like, you know, you got to find your passions, too. And, it's, like, how about uh, the pod doing this, hitting the gym? It's, it's all those little things that you realize are, like, so fun and keep you going. You know, it got me to a point here where I was getting kind of wild with it because I'm like, bro, I've, I got a ton of content. Yeah. Bro, I got so much content. I did, like, a lot of... A lot of solo pods. Some of it's repetitive. It's, to me, real life shit. Yeah. Like that you're talking about. It's cool talking sports, and I love sports, and it's that way to kind of get away, going to the gym, doing other things. But to me, yeah, it's battling through that real life shit, and, it, and it's it's more realizing that I'm not the only one. Yeah. And I used, to, I used to feel like that, even though I know it wasn't the truth, but that's just like how I was feeling. It's more just talking to other people and being able to bounce Real, yeah, kind of what that. you're going through, knowing what other people are going through, and trying to help other people through that. Well, I think it's um, really like, you know, at the end of the day, everyone, they always say this, but sometimes you don't realize it. Like, no matter who you talk to, no matter how great it seems like things are going, everyone's always going through something. And it's, you know, it's on you. And we've talked about this. You can have close friends, people who look out for you and stuff too. But at the end of the day... Like, nothing's really going to change unless you really try to make a change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like, people get lost in yeah, that. you're right. I've been lost in that completely. So yeah, you're 100% like, right. Like, oh, what the, you know. That's where so much has changed. So much has changed for me, You can dude. do it. Just, like, do it. You know what so I'm much saying? Changed, it's so much, yeah. you know, everyone talks about doing X, Y, Z, but very little people actually do X, Y, and Z. So when you start doing these things that you tell yourself you're going to do, it motivates you to be even better. And that's kind of in the zone I'm feeling right now. Like, be honest, I'm feeling like a million bucks recently with my mindset and, you know, everything. Yeah, that's important, like, man. You got to keep piggybacking yep, off those that's stepping important. stones. Keep working towards what you want and never give up. And that, Yeah, that's it's kind of wild. Thing. Yep, for Especially sure. As you get older, I mean, I'm turning 28 in two months and it's like, you know, you think like, holy crap, high school 10-year reunion, yada, yada. Less of that and more about like the day-to-day and like in the moment, living in the moment and trying to like, make myself It goes by happy. quick, It dog. goes by quick, but like, and I feel people like say better. like that. And it's that's way better for it to go by quick when you're focusing on things you want to do and you're happy that's about it. That's what's crazy, be, bro. You know? Like how much, how much time has gone by since we started potting and all yeah. the content of sports and all the content of vulnerability and real life shit that I've kind of talked about where, you know, people that are just starting to listen to my pod now have never heard this shit. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe it becomes repetitive but i've kind of gotten away from that that's why i can't do my solo pod because i'll come in here bro and it was a lot of that 
that hurt, that fight, that I can talk sports, but this is where I'm feeling where, yeah, I've kind of gotten, I just can't feel any of that anymore, bro. I've been trying to kind of get away from, from that. Um, even some of the stuff that's going on, that's so tragic and sad and things that I see all the time that I'm like, what? And I'm just like, even keeping it just sports related, it's, it's, it's tough, but then I see good stories and I see uh positive light and it, you know, it's just all you can do at the end of the day. Cause if you're just in just a bad spot, negative mm-hmm. spot, down spot with anything that you're in, it's tough, dude. It's just tough. It really is. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think in general, um, recently for me, it's been, it's been turning around and it's just been wild. Cause I can come in here and admit, even like with these tapes and my, my recordings, cause the tapes go away. Uh, just how, just how crazy and bad it was. Yeah. You know, and for both of us really do, we were, we've been going through a lot of stuff and, and even just in general thinking about since we started potting the now and kind of like all mm-hmm. the, Oh, we're doing better. And then we're not, or then the COVID yeah, and then ev- we're not. It's just like flows to unbelievable man. to me. And then to see where we're at just with some of our sports things, which I guess we'll just lead into this. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no way to not rich shed will be here in two. So we got about 20 minutes. Um, I'll start with it like this, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a big day for baseball fans, uh, MLB, all that. Because apparently, today's the deadline for, you know, if we don't get a CBA done, the you know, we're going to have to start canceling games. I will just say before I say anything about this, because which I told you that the MLB lockout was going to be bad. I think it's 89 days now, inching up on three months. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, I just got to check you. You told me it was going to be bad? Nah, I've been telling you it was going to be bad for three years. Moral of the story <laughs> is, I told you we were going to miss yep, some games yep. here, and it's okay. not looking good in that no. regard. I just don't understand why they'd make this hard deadline. Well, I guess they said they can't get the training in time. Well, to me, if you can get something done by the regular season, you get the guys playing, you keep the guys training, but no, they got this hard deadline. Games will be missed. MLB not looking good. You know, the biggest thing for me, Chu, the only thing that I was holding on to the MLB with, and I'll say this and then I'll let you in, I got an alert on my Bank of America uh, app probably two weeks ago now um, about my debit card, which was a Red Sox debit card. Mm-hmm. The only reason I held on to baseball, the only reason I had anything to baseball is because when I first got my debit card, first debit card, young kid, still mm-hmm. into baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball kid. Played a lot of baseball. Loved baseball. I was a Red Sox guy. My mom worked at Bank of America, got me a Red Sox debit card, had the thing ever since. Literally my pride and joy. Is that the same card from like 10 years ago? Had it, renewed it, keep it going. Loved it because it meant something to me. Yeah. Got an alert that Bank of America will no longer allow MLB teams on cards. That ass. I thought I was I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I thought it was a legitimate joke. Wow. Because I, I saw a guy with a MLB card hand one in today or the other day at work and I told him what happened to mine. He goes, oh, I better check out my shit. Looked in his account. Everybody's got it. Yep. Okay, so I kept mine obviously sentimental value, but I got my new card. Shit's yeah, gone. Keep it. Yeah, you keep that. MLB That's no longer showing up on debit cards, and to me, it's it's like a weird quirky thing. But it's to me how I've been saying and talking about the MLB. Just even my dad comes over today to bring my brother to the airport, and we're talking about the MLB for a second. I don't even think my dad's into the MLB. Just knows it, right? He's been a sports guy forever. He's just. Saying the same shit. Dude, they got to play less games. He goes, they might as well let the college kids and the minor leaguers play. They'll play for less money if that's the fucking... It's just the whole thing with it is just bad to me, bro. Just bad look. And now, you know, even the day-to-day, oh, they're continuing talks. Oh, they're, 
you know, making ground, not making ground, so much to go. It's not even close to me. Mm-hmm. I've been it's seeing not. a lot of things that you better, you better uh, say Happy Easter. You'd be seeing, you should be in uh, baseball maybe in June. Like, that's how long it's going to hold out. You got other people saying, oh, well, is it, you know, we got, it could get done today, tomorrow. No, it's not. No, it's not. And when it gets done, the damage is done to me. This is part of the problem for me. I talk to people about this yeah. that talk that are baseball, and it's 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 damaging. You could be a baseball diehard, and this has to be damaging it's because damaging. I've seen that even going back, it was 1944-45, I think was like the big strike in MLB. I've seen it was like 232 95. days. You missed yeah. like a bunch of games. I don't even I didn't even know about that honestly because obviously I'm younger. I don't follow the sport like you. I'm looking at this now. This is to me in 2022. 90 days of this shit. No no, no tread whatsoever, apparently, because the talks are pretty much the same, if not worse. And you're looking like you're going to lose some games. It's To me, it's worse than that. Mm. It's worse than that. Yeah. Because we're in a different era. But we're in the social media era that I was trying to tell Rich the other day that everyone's in able to tell them how I feel about something, what I think about something. That hurts the MLB when they got this shit going on. Mm-hmm. And to me... It just makes it, whether I'm fringe fan, holding on fan, anything fan for you, for anybody that's into baseball, this makes it hard for me. Mm-hmm. This shit makes it hard for me. The cheating, the constant uh, lack of popularity contest it seems to be for the uh, baseball hall of fame and voting. The nonstop, oh, now there's this that we got to check. Oh, the baseballs, the, the pitchers, the cameras, it's... Non-stop bullshit. And then this. Then you can't even have it where we can watch it for people that want to watch it. And it's just like, to me, I'm just so, it seems like I'm just so fucking over. And it's, it's weird because I want the MLB. I, mm-hmm. It's not that I like want the MLB to like not be a thing. Like that'd be weird to me. Yep. But I do think the MLB is in a spot where it's like, bro, you need to do something different. Yep. Too many games. Uh, This is the type of relationship you have between players and owners. Definitely a problem salary cap sport change something about your sport that can maybe make it better going forward rather than thinking the baseballs the pitchers the sticky stuff is the problem like bro no the problem is your commissioner your owners and the whole structure of your sport quite frankly in 2022 when i go around and look at the rest of the other sports and that's just how i feel about it yep and it's just sad to see, honestly, because I, I feel bad for people like you that want to yeah, see I mean, baseball. Yeah, I'm not the type of dude that's like, fuck baseball, lockout. No. But I'm like, this is the type of shit I was talking about. And now it's happening in real life. And all the things that have happened with baseball that, that when it was going on, obviously, that we talked about, to me, were pretty negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, we can talk about the games. We can talk about the negative things. Three that, years but it's, it's just been it's bad. Really, it's agitating as a huge baseball fan. And so now I'm just like, oh, man, where got, are we going to go? I got go? a very important message for our listeners, and it kind of only pertains to if you listen today and if you're subscribed. If you know to, me, if you I'm are a big baseball to, guy. Yep. But this is very important for anyone who's listening who listens to this episode today. If you have MLB TV, you have to go in and make sure... You do not have auto-renew on because starting tomorrow, March 1st, they will auto-renew your thing. So there's a big push right now by fans and stuff too. Everyone's canceling their MLB TV so they don't make money, um, which is very That's terrible for the sport. Oh, what the fuck, dude? Sport. And then getting into it too, it's very annoying seeing that they've been meeting you know, every day this week when they've been locked out for three months. Um, it's incredibly annoying. I know you brought up the 94-95 player strike. Uh, that was a little bit different than this one just because that was a player MLBPA 
oriented strike. They wanted to change the rules. MLB said no. They said fine. We're willing to cancel games. Horrible for the sport. Reason the sport came back was the steroid era, and then they had to turn a blind eye to that until it got too bad, and then they locked it down. Yada yada yada. With this one, the problem with this, and uh, it really grinds my gears, is there's no need for a lockout to be going on right now. Rob Manfred said that we're doing a lockout in order to try to get um, you know communication to happen, and then didn't talk to the players for a couple months, and now we're at this point. They institute a hard deadline that you don't actually need to yeah. institute. It's all negotiating tactics. It's a scare tactic. What the MLB is trying to do is scare the players into thinking we're going to lose games, so we have to sign whatever you know it comes to on the so last dumb. day. And the players, what I'm really proud about, as much as it sucks, is they are one cohesive unit in this. They are a union that is strong and together. So with that being said, there are going to be games canceled, which sucks. Uh, it's it's agitating, you know. It sucks, but at the end of the day, what they're really doing is they are fighting for the next generation, and I think a lot of people get lost in that because it's not really discussed in the media. I mean, there are people who don't even know there's a lockout going on right now, the ones who don't pay attention. Uh, so it's really annoying, but um, they are fighting for those minor leaguers to get, you know, more than, uh, you know, actually hit minimum wage, make some money. They're looking for those guys because everyone says, oh, you know, the average salary if you're playing is 550k a year. Yeah, but get this. Those are for the guys who get called up sure. for, like, four days and then get sent back down. They only make about, like, you know, they don't make that much. It's not the 580k you think they're making. They're making a fraction of that because they've only been up for 10 days. Um, I, know, think we've, more I think we've talked that. about this here on a pod before where it's like, dude, MLB's got to be the toughest to go pro in. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... There's a lot of sports where it's like, and yeah, the, wise, the small yeah. percentile of people that actually go pro, like, yep, mm-hmm. we can get there on that. But, like, to me, MLB is pretty tough. To me, the MLB has got to be the toughest with all these different ranks. Yep. And, and you know, if you're, you're going to look at it in that regard, dude, to me, even a guy like you, more serious baseball player than I later into my life, but like, if you could play baseball at – a minor league level for five hundred thousand dollars a no, year. No, 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 these guys don't even make twenty. Whatever it is, whatever they're making, like if they're make whatever they're making, like you're not. To me, that's where we get all caught up because athletes make too much money, anyways. And all this shit I'm seeing about Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, like if you're doing it for the money, that's part of the problem. Like it's different. You though. don't different, play though. sports for the money. You can't. You can't compare it though. I know what you're saying, and I completely agree with the money, and it's kind of crazy. So like I get but them wanting the, to get their with bread. The minor leaguers though. This is a different story because let's say you're a first overall draft pick. You get a huge signing bonus. You have money. You're good. You have money in your bank account to make it through the minors, do all that. But the kids who get drafted in the 10th round who get these tiny signing bonuses and stuff, they don't have that, you know? And then they're getting paid like 18K a year, but they're only getting paid for the games they played. They don't get paid for spring training. They don't get housing. They don't get food. So that's why you saw it last year where a player got in trouble for stealing a jar of peanut butter because they had no money and he had to pay it back and stuff. It's just ridiculous how... How um, these billionaires make so much money, every single owner is a billionaire, and they can't dish out a little extra money to give these guys a livable wage. And the thing that sucks, too, is you got to think, like, some of these, all the people who work at the stadiums it's and too- stuff, too, it's getting canceled. These people are losing jobs, like we were talking losing jobs earlier. It's just such an ugly thing, and I saw this tweet, and I completely agree with it. I think he needs to be gone anyways, but when we end up losing games this year and we go two out of three years with Rob Manfred as commissioner with shortened seasons because they couldn't come to agreements. On top of that, last year was a weird season because, you know, you didn't have fans there until June. You had the balls being juiced in primetime games. You had the sticky <laughs> stuff. This dude just this needs to get the hell out of it. What did he do? Dude. He called this the World Series trophy a chunk of metal. So this guy is literally the worst thing that's this ever happened to baseball. This is craziness to me. This is probably... I mean, I this know it's like everyone like talks me. about in the moment and stuff too, but this has got to be one of the worst things in baseball history. It's horrible when you see the growth in other sports. Uh, basketball has become absolutely massive under a guy like Adam Silver. 
I mean, it was big before, but he's even helped grow the game more. Yeah. Football is astronomical yeah. right now, number one yeah. sport. You know, soccer's not as big in the U.S., but it's huge nationally. Yeah. Hockey's kind of making a push, coming on ESPN yeah. and stuff, yeah. too. And then you have baseball just plummeting, being stupid. I'll tell you, man, so golf mad. is and getting the, more headlines yeah, exactly, than baseball yeah. right now because they're and in the a big fucking thing lockout. Too, one more thing, too, is the difference between these sports is all those other sports, excluding golf because that's a different thing, but they all have salary caps, right? And baseball doesn't, and they have the luxury tax. But it's basically used as, like, a fake salary cap that guys are afraid to, except Steve Cohen said he would the pay the money. thing's a joke. But now, you know, what, you know what really pisses me off as a Met fan? Let me just get... Let me get my two cents in steve cohen decides to spend a shit ton of money right and all the other owners including reinsdorf and all those guys who are scared of him dick monfort for um colorado rockies they're trying to change the rules because they don't want to spend money like he spends money even though they could and he wants to he's a diehard met fan like me with billions of dollars who wants to win Bro. and the other league has a problem with it because they don't want to spend the money they want to pocket more so it's just such a fuck you up, already man. know how i feel about yeah, manfred you already you know how i feel voice. about you all this you can hear me getting agitated you already boy. know how i feel about all the scandals but i think there's things that like you and me disagree on that we probably should agree on you as a baseball fan less games like dude way too many games like like all right maybe we got to meet in the middle somewhere but like to me it helps your product like 82 NBA regular season games to me, like is a good amount. Like where it's like, I'm still like watching the regular season, but like, damn the, the first couple weeks, I like watching that. But like a lot of people don't like it takes a couple weeks. Like, dude, it's even worse for baseball. Like if you're not, a baseball I try guy, checking yeah. up on baseball, like in the fall time, like that's three or four months after y'all start your season. That's too long for me. Salary cap, luxury tax, whatever you want to call it. Gotta be fixed. Like, mm -hmm. there's no way in hell Jacob DeGrom should be making more money than the entire roster of two other MLB teams. Yeah, there's sure. other things going on in the sport. Sticky stuff, cameras, cheating, all the shit going back to the steroid era that, to me, is just reflective on how we just saw the last Hall of Fame bid go. Like, to me, it's just like, damn, this is the type of shit that goes on in your sport where, like, Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. Okay, we already covered that a few pods ago. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, what the fuck? With baseball. That's just literally how I feel about yeah, it, man. I, no, I feel and there's I some shit agree. going on in other sports, dude. It ain't just like, oh, all these other sports are just A-okay. Nah, there's some shit going on in the PGA Tour right now. Phil Mickelson is yeah, literally causing a ruckus. Yeah, and that's nothing that surprises me, but it's got so many people's panties in a jumble. Like, you can go look at other situations. All these hockey players that are Russian, Ukrainian, having to make these statements with everything going on. Very controversial, slippery slope line in this sports media of social media of 2022. Everyone makes a statement. Go look at fucking Kyler Murray agent statement this morning Don't on a Monday morning. On and it's just like, that's the type of shit, dude. Where it's like, really? Like, with all this shit going on, this is all we're worried about? And so it's like, to me, it's just with the MLB, with all these th problems they have, dude, the least problem should be, oh, we want to, we, we don't want to have games. Like, bro, let's figure it out. We can sh shorten the season a little bit. Get some type of deal done. Going back to the thing you said about the, the players, and we'll have a few minutes. I'll let you bounce back, and hopefully Rich is here, which is there's too many, bro. The the the, the minor, when I go, used to watch the Norwich Navigators, CT Defenders, whatever. They're, yeah, that was cool for me as a kid. That that ain't fucking cool for you and me to go watch one of those games. Yard goats, Agreed yeah, to okay. To Yard goats, to go check a I game out. So. Bro, like, what the fuck, dog? Like, I'm trying to see the, the maybe one, maybe one, like the G League, right? The the XF, whatever. The one other league that's trying to go. None of these other uh, leagues, professional leagues, have multiple rankings of of all these th uh, players the that you're trying to, to get 
in agreement. It's just so many players. Just think about it. In today's day and age, everyone's got a different view, opinion, viewpoint, whatever. Like, trying to get all those in alignment mm -hmm. is going to be tough when you got the Jacob DeGrom, Bryce Harpers of the world, and the fucking Joe Schmo, who's on whatever affiliate for their AAA team. What? It's just crazy to me, bro. Like, it, it's a it's a false sense of, if you're playing AAA baseball, okay, you made it. You're, you're playing pro baseball? No, no most, you're no, not. No, Are you AAA playing? is the most miserable place Do you know what I'm in. saying, though? I do it's know. Like, it's like, it's in. cool, but it's in. not cool to me. Like, if you're playing in the G League in the NBA, to me, that's pretty still pretty cool, but not as cool as playing in the NBA. Like, there's too many hoops to jump through to get to the MLB, and then when you get there, they're locked out and have all this shit going know, on. Right? That's just like, I that's think, just like um, what I'm feeling about the league, bro. No, I feel you. Can't get me, it wrong. Let me, let me all this in. cheating, me, it's just crazy to me. Let me, let me dive in. Um, I do think you gotta at least understand where I'm coming I, from. No, I completely do, but I'm trying. And to now it makes a surface to yeah, the, I'm trying to the have point. Now they've been here. locked out for that um, long. I no, I do hear everything that you're saying. I think the big difference. Uh, this has just popped into my head when you were saying it. I think the thing is, is because like the MLB is far and away throughout the world the most popular, best league, and you know most American sports are right. You know, you have obviously the NFL, you have the NBA, but there are like you know the European leagues and stuff too, where Luca came from and stuff too. There are different leagues. There's the Korean league. There's the um, the Japanese league and stuff too. But I think baseball is a little different and it brings everyone in from all these different places. Um, they did cut, I think it was 75 teams after the COVID year for minor leagues, which sucks because it got rid of a lot of people's jobs in these communities that don't have sports teams around them where they can have a minor league team actually have great show outs. I think of the Columbia Fireflies before their agreement came up with the Mets in 2020. But yeah, no, it... It's tough, I mean, especially seeing all these guys try to work for it. But at the end of the day, I'm one of those people who's like, you know, yeah, maybe the guys like the DeGroms of the world, the Scherzers, you know, the guys you mentioned, maybe they, they do make too much money. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I think the minor leaguers should be paid an adequate salary. Sure. For sure. And I think the players That's agree fine. with that too. That's but fine. The, the big problem here is we're talking about this and, you know, it gets brought up with like how much these guys make and stuff too. The, the fingers need to be pointed at the billionaires. That's fine. That's you not what, what it's saying? about for me, dude. I'm not saying that these big time players need to make less money. And I'm not saying that the guys that are lower shouldn't get more money. What I am saying is athletes in general, I've been telling you this, make a, a ton of money. So it's, it's tough to really argue that in today's day and age. And with the MLB, it's not even close to reflective. Like, dudes in the G League, no one's arguing about how much dudes in the G League are making. Because no they're making more than minor league baseball players. There's way more people. And yeah. the whole the whole thing is, is there's just too many leagues Yeah, there's not, there's not that many G League teams. So they and now, so now that, yeah. okay, you got, when you're worrying about that many lower level talent to, to the upper echelon, how many upper echelon talent dudes do you even have in the MLB? There's a good amount. Mm -hmm. But they're not able to, like, showcase that as much, in my opinion, because they're all worried about all this other shit, bro. Yo, like, I it should you. be just about the MLB. Like, mm -hmm. I ain't keeping my Red Sox card, and I ain't rooting for the Mets to have a run so we can talk about it on the podcast to, to worry about the AAA affiliate. Yep. Like, I'm just worried about MLB. And, and where I'm at is, like, it's they're mixing too much of all of this into one, which, quite frankly, they have to, but... To me, that's also part of the problem here. It's It's been part of the problem with the MLB. I and you. now, I mean, going back to fucking, what, Roddy Mauricio, and we joking about him, but, like, dude, is he ever getting to the fucking league? Yeah. It's like, seriously, though. Yeah. I mean, you get drafted at 16, and next thing you know, 
I'm halfway to fucking the grave, and this dude's making his MLB appearance. Like, it doesn't work like that in any other sport. Well, like, also, you get also with this that, guy's about to get drafted. He's making his appearance this season. Exactly. Doesn't yeah. happen in the MLB like that. Yeah, because it's about, so it's just it's tough. Such a, it's just so different. It's, it's developmental. Such a big, like, well, that's the thing because like it's dudes such coming a from gap. all you, over you the joint. Like college basketball, obviously. You see, like sure. a superstar number one overall pick, Zion. Historic Saturday, Zion. by yeah. the way. Oh, I know that was crazy. We'll get into that. Yeah. But um, you see a kid like Zion, right? And he's just way too good for this league. You know, just absolutely dominating, should have gone pro. He steps in, and like, yeah, he was injured, he dominates. You look at a guy like John Morant, they're able to step in, just absolutely dominant. Become one of the top 25 players in basketball their rookie year. Baseball, it's different, because there's such a huge gap in between every single level. And I just want to leave you with this. This is, I understand you're saying there's too many teams, too many minor leaguers and stuff too, but if the MLB does what they want to do, right, and they do things like this, the odds of a guy like Mike Piazza getting a chance, zilch. The odds of a guy like Jacob deGrom, a ninth-round pick who worked his way through the minors and had to, you know, spend a couple seasons here or there, they wouldn't get a chance. A guy like your dude, for, for, wow, I almost said Francisco. Bro. Dude, Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr., he was a no-name signee. If they didn't have as many teams for him to get a chance to play, he might have not gotten a chance to play. And that's why, you know, it's such a diamond-in-the-rough thing, especially with baseball. You draft a kid who's got the intangibles at 16. You don't know if he's going to turn into dog shit by 18 or he's going to be the next Mickey Mantle. So it's very different compared to other sports. But I hear you. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, Those guys can still get a chance if there's one lower-level affiliate. There doesn't have to be multiple. But... No, no, no. With that story, what I'm talking about is if there's only one minor league affiliate like that or a couple, you know what all the roster spots are? Those are all the kids who are getting drafted in the first five, six rounds for the last three years while they continue to work up. So it's one of those things. They do need to have a few teams. I know exactly what you're saying. I view it a little differently because if you drain the minors too much, you're going to have such a weak influx of talent moving up for the future, and I think it's going to harm the game moving forward. They already did a drastic MLB minor league team cut. Um, yeah, I know it's crazy. A couple of years ago, there were like, what, six, eight teams. Ridiculous. I understand that. They've cut it down to about four or five, but I think that's an adequate number because after a few years, a lot of these kids will retire and realize they don't, they're not good enough to make it, which I know that's the whole reason why maybe, oh, you're getting an opportunity to try to play pro sports, like, you know, take your licks and stuff too. But at the end of the day, people got to make a living wage and that's where I stand on it. Yeah, see, the problem with the people making a living wage is you know, everyone's trying to do that. I mean, it's just part of the risk uh, you take, bro. Like, it's just going back to the way we open up the podcast. Like, yeah, when the owners are making X amount of percentage more every time, the players are doing absolutely. I mean, the players are the ones who are the product out on the field. I get it. They want to be paid um, you know, fairly. It's Everyone wants to be paid fairly for their work. I get that and stuff, too, but... Where I really side is just with the minor leaguers, man. It's um, They need to make a living wage. They need to have housing provided for them midseason. They need to have at least a couple meals provided for them. You know, I'm not asking for the world here, but I'm also not asking for like six dudes cramped up in one hotel room trying to split the bill, splitting a loaf of bread and PB&Js because they don't have any money. It's Slick Wick the Ruler. Mm. Say what's up to my friend Smats. What's good, kiddo? Richie Pirtle. What's up, Snacks? How we doing? Good. Okay, yeah. I was yeah. just ranting about baseball. Yeah, we just finished up a little bit of an MLB lockout conversation. Big day. Um, yeah, before we get into anything else, what the hell was that you were trying to show me the other day? Uh, Pirtle. What is that? What? It's like I, Wordle. Because there's no app for that, and I, I tried to click on one of the things, and it took me to some like, sketchy website. I'm like, this is trying to like scam me off, bro. I'm good. No. Um, have you seen Wordle? 
anywhere. Have you seen people playing that? Yeah. You know, Wordle is. Yep. So it's, it's like that, but it's an NBA version. So like you start off, you basically guess any player. So for whatever reason, I'd guess Harrison Barnes to start every single day. I'll be right eventually. And then it tells you what you got right. It'll be like, okay, that's not the right conference. That's not the right division. That's not the right team. That's not the right position. That's this. And then, so my next guess was like Scotty Barnes. So it's like, okay, that is the right conference. He's in the East. That's the right position. He's a forward. He's actually under six, eight. He's not that tall. So it basically keeps giving you clues and clues to get closer to the guy. Eventually you'll get the two, two days ago. It was a tough one. It was Grant Williams on the Celtics. So I got like six guesses in, I guess, Jason Tatum. And I was like, okay, it's a forward on the Celtics. That's not Tatum. And I eventually got Grant Williams and got it. So it's just like a fun guessing game each day. Kind of. Uh, I'd rather no go back. I'd rather go back to NBA Top Shot before I start doing that shit. Well, not. not which, by the way, I logged in. Which, by the way, I logged into my account the other day and I realized I had a few bucks on my Dapper balance, so I ended up buying a couple more cards. And I realized like, I'm like, damn, I got a pretty good collection of cards in here. Plus my Russell Westbrook card that I played mad for that I'm sure is just down the tubes right now. Uh, let's start it with this, dude. No, seriously, because Chew's here. We got rid of some MOB. Rich is here. Um, holy shit, dude. The Lakers got blown out by the Pelicans last night. That actually happened. Um, and you know, it's funny cause me and Rich and Chu are, or me and Chu, I'm sorry, Rich. We're talking about kind of how fast time go gone by here. We're at the end of February, March 1st tomorrow. It's like, Jesus, some of these t- takes are able to m- meticulate a little better. Going back a couple months, I had this very own, uh, uh, thing right here that I'm going to pull back up and then delete after this, which I was asking you, I'm like, damn, are the Lakers in trouble? missing the playoffs and this is going back like anthony davis's first injury uh damn this rust fit ain't working now bro we're post all-star break we're okay rust doesn't look like he's flipping a switch lebron damn bro he's got all these statements out here in the media about wanting to leave about wanting to stay about wanting to play with his son about oh we don't have the team to compete anthony davis hurt again all these other pieces on the team, bro, it just, it is just, to me, it's so far past, oh, this is a Russell Westbrook issue. This is LeBron, 19th year, can't do it the same. A lot of anonymous GMs saying he can't carry the team anymore. Shit, I've been saying issue. This is a, oh, Anthony Davis underperforming, all the rest of the team old or not on the court realistically just a bad team when you go look at the rest when you're getting blown out by the pelicans second toughest remaining schedule you're getting blown out by the pelicans you know i don't think it's crazy that the lakers missed the playoffs at this point like i watch mad lakers games all the time i don't know what the fuck's going on bro i lost another 20 bucks last night thinking they could beat the pelicans thinking lebron could score 30 and they could beat the pelicans well lebron scored 30 and they lost by 30 to the pelicans FanDuel Sportsbook had been on a heater. Now I got my last 50 in tonight. I'm back on DeRozan for 35 Bulls to win. And if I can't get it, I'm out. But at this point, bro, you going back, I go check the tapes, recordings. You're saying, yeah, dude, it wouldn't be crazy to me for the Lakers to miss the playoffs literally just a couple months ago. And I'm just like, that's not even a possibility to me. Well, Anthony Davis is out again. LeBron, he can't really carry the squad. And Russ, as much as I love Russ, and he ain't really looking any worse than he's been looking the past couple seasons to me. It's just highlighted a little bit more alongside LeBron James and in L.A. in a tougher conference. Uh, All these things we want to get into. But it's getting just – it's just getting real bad right now for the Lakers to a point where 
I would not be surprised if they end up falling out of this this playing race. I mean, I it wouldn't not be crazy to me. Like, what do you what do you want to have LeBron try and go out there and try and play 40, 40 minutes, five minutes a night and like get to the plane? That ain't gonna happen, bro. Because he's doing he's doing all he can last night, and they're getting blown out by thirty to the Pelicans. They ain't playing less competition here, like. The Pelicans, granted, and I've been saying it last pod with you, Rich, really turned it around. I think they won, not, like, seven out of their last 11, something crazy. I mean, on fire, Zion not contributing. You know how I feel about that. But Pelicans, C.J. McCollum, I was about to much say, better. can we get some C.J. McCollum up? I think the Pelicans got a better chance to make it than they do the Lakers if Zion can ever get his ass back out of the court, which it didn't look like it's going to happen. But the Pelicans, only two and a half games behind the Lakers, I think it is, after that win last night. Not crazy to me. Not crazy to me. They're out there fighting and trying harder. And this ain't a Russ problem. Like I said, this is a whole team problem where I'm just watching the game. I'm like, bro, they ain't even trying to win. And um, I don't know okay. if you can blame so, this on LeBron or not, but this is not a good look for LeBron right now. I'm been dead serious on this. It's, no. I, okay, this is terrible. Hold on, hold on. It's, it's not a LeBron thing at all. LeBron's doing everything he can. Last night wasn't a great game for LeBron. You got Russell Westbrook turning it over eight times, having zero assists for most of the game. It, <laughs> It is Russ's worst season he's ever had by far. He's usually turned it on in the second half with the Rockets and Wizards, even in the tough years. I don't think it's worth getting into too much. We've done it plenty of times, but I don't think they're going to fall out of the play-in. I I don't think it's a lock for them to make the play-offs, meaning like win in the play-in. I think a lot of that depends on if Anthony Davis comes back. But right now they're in the nine spot. Pelicans are uh, two and a half games behind them in the ten spot. And then after that, it's the Blazers who literally aren't trying to win. They just sat down Nurkic for the rest of the year. Lillard's done for the year. They traded McCollum, traded Covington Powell. They're not trying to win. They're trying to tank. And then after that, it's the Spurs and the Kings. But both of those teams are behind the Lakers by like four and a half games or more. So it would take the Lakers really fucking this up to fall out of the play-in tournament. I think they're safe to get in the play-in. And it's been said everywhere. Once you get in the play-in, if you have Anthony Davis there, Look, I think the Timberwolves have been a great team, but I'll be taking the, picking the Lakers to win in a one-game take-all series if there's a healthy LeBron and AD. So, look, I got plenty. I got bets in for them to miss the playoffs. I think it's more than plausible that they lose in the play-in if they're not healthy, if Anthony Davis isn't there. But I think they stay in the play-in at the very least. I don't think that they get passed by, like, the Blazers. The Spurs and the Kings are a little too far behind. Obviously, the Kings are going for win now, but the Kings are six games behind the Lakers, which is a huge mountain to overcome with, like, what, 20 games left in the season. So I, I think the Lakers are okay to make the play-in tournament. The roster's a disaster. They're not fun to watch. Their third-best player is Malik Monk. Well, second-best player, honestly, is Malik Monk without Anthony Davis there. Um, and he only shows up half the night. It's like Melo had a good game his first game back, but he's only going to show up half the night. So it's like... It's literally LeBron out there and him just saying, like, damn, I wonder if one of my teammates will show up tonight and maybe we can win this game. Last night, the answer was nope. Literally, they hit five threes last night. Five in today's NBA. LeBron had one. Melo had one. Wayne Ellington had two. And someone else had one. Malik Monk or something like that. Like, that's they're bad. They're yeah, I know Chu's going to want in on this. And, I, and I'll agree with you and say, okay, yeah, this is Russ's worst season ever. But... To me, it's more looking like Russ don't even want to be there. And no. this is just like a LeBron factor for me, bro. Like, like LeBron James, and I've been saying this, I watched a game this year live of LeBron James, which I, this past year, I guess now, since the year flipped, which I'm like, Jesus, that's sick mm. that I got to watch that. Um, it's just, you can see it, dude. He's great. He's unbelievable. He's hitting game winners in the All-Star game. He's doing some incredible stuff every single night. Dropping 30. Sorry. I said it's much-watched TV because you're not going to be able to see this again. But 
it does not mean that he's able to carry this bum-ass squad with Russ not showing up no, and Anthony on, Davis out of the lineup. It's like right you're getting forward. blown out by the Pelicans. And so if we're going to throw all this on Russ, okay, he had so many turnovers last night. We're oh, not. he's shooting terrible you're last night. It Bro, Russ. No one's throwing it, it all on Russ. I'm just saying, Russ don't even look like he want to be there. So to me, it's more of a look around the whole rest of the squad as well. Anthony Davis not on the court, even when Anthony Davis is there. Russ not looking like he wants to be there. Uh, I mean, the whole thing just not looking good. Real quick, the looking like you don't want to be there thing as someone who's rooted for the Knicks for forever, that's just what happens when you're on a team who sucks and you're losing. That's not, like, unique to Russ right now. Like, their team sucks, they're losing, they don't fit together. Russ plays hard at the very least still. That's the one thing he's got going for him right now. But the Lakers as a whole, they're they're terrible. It's not LeBron's. I can't blame it on LeBron. Because the reason they have Russell Westbrook, my one thing, I didn't like the Russell Westbrook trade. My one thing I liked about the Russell Westbrook trade, I was like, at the very least, hopefully he can carry the load during the regular season, do what he did with the Wizards and Rockets, while LeBron and Anthony Davis rest some games. And he hasn't been doing that. Anthony Davis was supposed to be the guy that comes in and takes the load from LeBron. He hasn't been doing that. So, like, it's not LeBron's fault. Just, like, the pieces they brought in to take the weight off LeBron aren't taking any weight off LeBron. They're making more weight get put on LeBron because they're not doing what they were supposed to do. So, like, I'm not turning this on LeBron by any means. Like, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing at this age. The goal was to have Russell Westbrook take some weight off in the regular season, which he's not. The goal was to have Anthony Davis carry the majority of the load going forward, which he hasn't been able to. So, I can't blame that on LeBron. Yeah, it's um, it's ugly. It's real ugly. Uh, I guess I did have a question I wanted to ask you guys. How can you not blame this on LeBron, this? though? That's where I'm confused. Because the only right reason there, Russell Westbrook football. is in L.A., in my opinion, is because of LeBron. And Sure, if you want to do that, sure. If you want to say, like, LeBron shouldn't have asked him to be traded there, then sure. Okay, LeBron's fault. But if we're talking about what we're seeing on the court, like, he's doing what he can be doing. Oh, know? of course. He's doing everything. Of what, course. What were but, you going to ask, you? Um... Well, I, I want to get in on this first, and then I'll ask the question, because I feel like it's a good discussion topic. But um, first off, the dude's 37 years old. He's the only person where it's ever like, oh, can this 37-year-old carry us? Um, dude's putting up unbelievable numbers. The team around him is awful. Uh, no one expected, actually, almost at this point, you almost expect Anthony Davis to get hurt. It's so <laughs> sad. It's He came back, and it seems like every game I watch, he falls down and holds his ankle or his leg or something. And, you know, that was a bad injury. I'm not saying it wasn't or anything. Like, he hurt his foot real bad there. But it's tough to see. And then as far as it goes with Russ, I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's also like if you're going to say that, then you can also say that LeBron wasn't trading for this Russell Westbrook. He was trading for the dude who's averaged triple-doubles the last few years and stuff too. Um, And the thing is, you know, obviously it's not working and stuff too, which is tough to see. Um, Hopefully they can figure it out. It's But we've been saying that for so long. The problem I really had yesterday was the interview with Russ and I feel like the media is pretty tough on him I will give him the benefit of the doubt with that but when they ask him like oh are you gonna take it home or stuff and he just laughs in their face and stuff like oh I got kids why would I bring it home and stuff bro you're a hall of fame basketball player playing on a team that's grossly underperforming what they were supposed to do you should take it home and you should think about how you should not turn the ball over as much and try to play a little bit better that's all I'm saying you know is that an easy fix? No, it's not an easy fix. And obviously they're working on it. I'm not saying this dude ain't trying or anything, but it's, I don't like, and I think it plays into what you said where he doesn't want to be in LA, um, even though it's his hometown and stuff too. I think it's just become, 
it was expected to kind of be like this great thing, Russell coming. It's kind of been the opposite where it's the ugliest thing that could have happened. None of us imagined this to happen the way it's going and stuff too. So I agree with Rich and it's like, dude, that's got to be draining for everyone on the team and stuff too. But when that push comes to shove, you're a professional, you're a leader. Um, I think even if you don't bring it home, you got to, you know, bite your tongue and say the appropriate thing to the media. In this situation. Just real quick. Wow. On the not to rebuttal your point, because I agree with most of it. On the none of us expected this to happen. I told Sag this was the worst trade and such a big fuck up, and I have multiple bets on the Lakers missing the playoffs. So I'm no. just going to raise my hand on that. I did expect this to go terribly. No, that that's true. But I guess I didn't mean. I meant in the sense that we didn't expect like this version of Russ. You know what I'm saying? Like no, you I expect know. it to be a little bit better, even if the team wouldn't have played as well. But it's just like this is just like. What no one, I mean, yeah, you expected it a little bit, but like this is the worst possible outcome they could have had. AD getting hurt, LeBron trying to do everything he can. They trade away all right. their pieces. They just got their asses kicked by the guys who they traded for AD last night. So it's an ugly situation. You got Jeannie <laughs> Buss walking out in the third quarter. Um, you got Frank Vogel mic'd up when the place is quiet. You can hear him. He said, All right, boys, let's just try to play like we're down 15 in this situation. So it's ugly. Bro, it's, okay, yeah. okay, hold on. Let me just say something real quick. Russ's interview, if that's really what your main gripe is, it's like, to me, this has always kind of been the knock on Russ, where he doesn't seem like he's able to kind of look at the situation in terms of, as a whole... He's always had his unique personality, yeah, though. He's, he's got, got his own thing going, it, so it. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, But, it, like, when I look at the whole situation, like, for me... If I – you think the Lakers are going to make the play-in, Chu? Dude, I don't even know. They play so bad. Because like, Rich got them. Are. Rich, you still got they them are. making the play-in? Yeah. With My question is making the playoffs, yeah. so do you see them making out of the play-in, Chu? Uh, if they make the play-in and you have LeBron James, then I take you winning. I don't care how bad the season's been. A one game, he can turn it on for one game. He can throw up 35 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists, no problem, even at age 37. So I'd take him in a one game. But if it comes to a best-of-seven series, I learned last year pretty quick against the Suns, albeit they're a great team, I don't think he can carry them in the West at this point without a healthy AD. Yeah, see, my issue becomes, when I look at this, really, is you're not you're not having Russ, you're not having Russ, uh, you know, win you a playing game or win you a playoff series. You're just hoping Russ can kind of keep things under control in a sense where, to me, yeah, he's not looking great. Yeah, it might be his worst season ever, but, like, you go look at Russ's stats right now. Yeah, I get the numbers are kind of down. He ain't averaging triple-doubles like Chu's talking about. But he, but ain't, not on that team he ain't he ain't doing nothing that's uh, diabolical. Oh, this dude, this dude's lost. They, they kept him at the trade deadline. They Now he's looking like he doesn't want to be there. This is just recent to me the last few games because he what got tr- probably kept at the trade deadline. Who knows what it is. But to me, you're not winning any of that because of Russ. Russ is, Russ is a role player piece that's going to have to be involved with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And my knock on all this situation is, regardless of Anthony Davis there or not, when he's there and he's playing like Anthony Davis, okay, you got a shot, but you bring up the point about Anthony Davis and his injuries. LeBron is not the same dude. No, exactly. That's LeBron is not the same dude. That's what I'm saying. He's 37. If he was so 32, let's say stop yeah. knocking Russ. Yeah, he's having a terrible season. Craig, Craig what, are you t- what are you talking about? Did anyone think going into this season that LeBron was the same dude in his prime? You're alone if you thought that. We all talked about it, Giannis and everyone at the top, at the top of the league. Not even in his prime, but just hold on, hold on, hold on. Just going back to 
Anthony Davis was supposed to carry the load and Russ was supposed to carry the load in the regular season. Instead, we have LeBron trying to do in the regular season what we try and what we ideally want him to do in the postseason. This, it's not he's doing everything he can be doing. Like I know, I, I think we talk about Russ all too much because I don't think he matters that much in this situation. Ideally, for the Lakers, if they're playing well at this point, Russ is probably playing like 22, 24 minutes a game or something like that, and not on the lineup in the closing floor or in the closing lineup. But like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Russ isn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. You're saying I don't know how we could blame Russ. Like, what do you mean? He's literally not doing the one thing he was supposed to do, and that. He's supposed to carry the offense when LeBron James is sitting on the bench. There are huge net and minus when LeBron James goes to the bench. He's supposed to be carrying their team down the stretch in the regular season of some games. He's not able to Russ, do that. Russ. You're talking Russ. Yes, and AD. Yeah, and AD see, too, I'm, I'm saying like yeah, not, dude, see, that's the thing for me, bro. Nah, enough. AD, and that AD's out right now, but when AD was in playing, he wasn't doing that. That's AD. Was, that's not Russ that. to me. You didn't bring in Russ to carry the Lakers to wins. Nah. That's, you, I'm, okay, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that. What did you bring in Russ for? Why did you like the Russ trade then? What you bring in Russ to hopefully guy? pair it with AD running the team, with LeBron cranking up come playoff time, and Russ hopefully flipping the switch like he has. Not to have Russ carrying the team. Bro, that's crazy to me. The that's why. That's the thing going back to the trade work. that I always said to you guys, where it's like, oh, this ain't going to work. What do you mean? Russ is going to be the third or fourth option, if not the fifth option, and it just hasn't worked for him yet. I don't know if it's well, going to work for him. The, the that's clearly the so, issue right now. So my whole issue with this trade to begin with was, and we've talked about this a few times, if you put Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the court together, one of them can't do what they do best. Neither one is best playing off the ball. Neither one's all that great playing off the ball. I'm sure Le- LeBron could do it. He's a great all-around player, but like you're wasting LeBron's talent if you have him playing off the ball in your offense, which means you're taking the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands, and he historically is not a guy who does much of anything without the ball in his hands. No offense, he's a great player with the ball in his hands, or in his prime he has been, but like he's not without the ball in his hands. So now, if we're saying, if we're saying we paired them together for the combination, I don't think so, because my whole argument was Buddy Heald was a much better fit, and those up Caruso, Kuzma, all those guys alongside LeBron and AD. The reason you bring Russell Westbrook in is to carry some of the load and keep LeBron healthy in the postseason. And he hasn't been able to carry the loan. He hasn't been able to lead to regular season wins. I'm not saying it's all Russ's fault, but to say, like, oh, this isn't Russ's fault. Like, look, Bron's not even doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like, no, Bron's doing everything he can do at age freaking 37. Russ, unfortunately, isn't able to carry the regular season load. And a lot of that is on AD being unhealthy, too. It's not just Russ, but I'm not going to let the blame fall on LeBron here. He's kind of been dealt a shitty hand, even though he may have been – at fault for part of that for pushing this trade, and we can absolutely give him the blame for that. Like, uh, we'll switch over to the East, but oh, I, I just—I'll let Chewy in because I know he's got something to say. But I just sizzle this thought, Rich. You go ahead, Chew. Uh, I just want to know right now, you know, going forward, you know, Western Conference only. I want—I want like your your top three. You want—I want your top three favorites to come out of the Western Conference. Go ahead, Chew. Uh, I'm gonna go first year real quick. I got Suns followed up by Warriors and your boy John Morant coming in at three. I like what they've been doing recently. Top top three for the rest of the season, you're saying? Yeah, to come out of the West. And then I got a question to piggyback on what we were talking about before. Out of the West. Um, I like the Suns the most. I'm just going to assume Chris Paul's back healthy. Um, you're going you're gonna to hate one of my answers I want to put in there. Um, 
I guess I'll put in the Grizzlies second. I can't I can't say anything bad about them. They've been playing incredible. And look, Draymond Green's got a back issue. Back issues are weird. This mm-hmm. team's terrible without Draymond. Not terrible. That's ex- that's exaggerating. This team's not a championship contender without Jer- Draymond Green on the court. He carries their whole defense. They're not even able to move the same and get ball the same or step the ball the same on offense without him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and not pick the Warriors, even though it could be a bold take. And here's my bolder take. I'm going to say the Nuggets because we have reports. Yep, I knew knew you were going to hate this. We have reports that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are aiming to come back later in March before the regular season. If you're asking me right now if we have a 75% Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on the Nuggets and a 75% Draymond Green on the Warriors, which team do I like better? Give me the Nuggets. That's my opinion. Okay. A good take. I like um, it. Yeah, I got the Grizzlies. I got the Grizzlies coming out of the West. I like the Suns. The Chris Paul injury concerns me, though. Six to eight weeks. I talked about you with this in the last pod, Rich. It is his shooting hand, and yeah, he'll probably be back, but when will he be back, and how will he look when he get back, and does he bang his head again going for a steal, Chris Paul style, and out the rest of the series? Um, yeah, Suns definitely a threat, but I think Chris Paul is a big reason to that and if he's not mm-hmm. able to be anything like chris paul then i don't know what the sun's chances really are even though they were in the western or in the finals last year uh come up a little bit short obviously a tough grind to get back there i do like the grizz as my main spot um you know you were talking about guys coming back i would lean clippers if i'm talking teams in the west guys coming back I love what the Clippers are doing. If you get Kawhi Leonard and PG, and I know PG is more looking like a, a doubt, more doubtful than Kawhi Leonard, I think the Clippers are a team that can knock off a team quicker than the Nuggets can. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying about you know the Nuggets getting those guys back after I was kind of getting into you last week about those guys not being there. Uh, that'd be interesting to see. Um, but then there'd be no excuses for your boy getting knocked out in the first round. Of the playoffs, and we'll see how that Ted, shakes out. He has not um, been knocked out in the first round. You keep talking like he's gotten knocked out in the first round. He hasn't ever been knocked out in the first round. It's so coming this season, my guy. It's coming this season, my guy. You, uh, Chew, Chew, hold on. Seg gave me a reason that Jokic shouldn't be MVP is because he'll probably get knocked out in the first round this year. <laughs> I like it. And you know then, what? And he then sticks he said, to his guns. Like always, even though the last three years was second round conference finals, second round. Yeah, no, he's done in the first round, Rich. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> and he doesn't deserve an MVP because of that. Alright, I'll go I'm gonna go Grizzlies, Clippers, Mavericks, my three right. my three in the West. Boys, I actually have two really good uh, Clippers, discussion Mavericks, questions. Or yeah. The Suns and Warriors. I have two really good discussion questions for us. Um, yeah, I'm taking the, the Suns one. out. We're going to go back to LeBron a little bit, but, you know, all the talk Fuck about... The Suns. Obviously, the West is so strong, and that was a big narrative in LeBron's career as he played in the East the whole time and then went to the West. Um, this team right now, and, like, how ugly it's been, obviously, the talent-wise is so good on this Lakers team, it just hasn't meshed for whatever reason. Uh, injuries being a part of it and stuff, too. But how do you think this compares to, like, when LeBron led the Cavs against, like, the Warriors... Uh, to the finals when he had no one. I'm talking like that fourth year before he left for LA. Like, how, how do you think you, it compares? Well, it's saying, tough because like think? the East was so much weaker in a sense of like, you know, maybe teams had good records. You had the Raptors and stuff too, but how, how do, how do you think it compares? I mean, I'll is this a harder, say, ro- is this a harder road, right? The road's much harder, but like the problem is the players maybe weren't great on some of those rosters. Like but the they were the perfect Smith for year. that team. Yeah. So well, they yeah, mesh yeah, better as a team. 19, the J.R. Smith year. We had George Hill, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert. Like, there weren't great guys around him. When they lost that uh, first game 
in the finals when like, that they should have won on the J.R. Yeah. Smith shit. We we're all like, oh, they're fucked. But yeah. the difference was the pieces at least kind of fit. Like, mm-hmm. George Hill was a 3 and D guy. J.R., 3 and D guy. You have Tran- Channing Fry to go stand there and hit threes. The pieces this year... They have no one who can hit a three, right? Like, that's the whole... Malik Monk? That's where Segman and I Wayne butt heads, kind of. Like, Russell Westbrook could probably be doing better elsewhere. It's a terrible fit for him on the Lakers. That's yeah. why I didn't like the trade. Um, like, when Austin Reeves is one of your, like, key guys to your team and he's never touched an NBA court before this year because he can kind of hit threes and play defense, like... That's the issue. So, like, I think this is the toughest year for Lord, probably the toughest roster surrounding LeBron since his early Cavs days, just because, like, it doesn't fit around him. Like, Malik Monk is your best shooter and mellow. Like, you don't have the guys that LeBron needs around him. You don't have your Kuzmas and KCPs and Carusos mm-hmm. that LeBron needs around him. So, yeah. I think the Cavs rosters were a better fit. The only worst fit rosters were probably, like, the OG Cavs rosters of, like, yeah. them just getting getting young LeBron and trying to figure it so out. I'm thinking about it in this lens. Like if you had the two teams on 2K, right? Like the Lakers would be such a better team. But for some mm-hmm. reason, that Cavs team might have all 70 ratings besides LeBron. But for some reason, that team chemistry is an A+. plus. So yep. just yeah. interesting. And then I have another one that I wanted to follow up with you guys because we started talking about Ja and the Grizzlies and stuff. And I saw this tweet the other day and I thought it was interesting comparing Ja's stats in his third year compared to Derrick Rose's MVP year, which was his third year. And I just mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, I know you guys are so big into basketball. I did pay attention back then, but not as much. How do you think the two players compare, like, pre-injury D-Rose and um, Ja with, like, the ex- the explosivity, the ability to pass, to jump out of the building, uh, you know, not afraid to challenge these big guys at the rim? I think it's really cool. Glad this man said this. I love Ja, man. Yeah, Ja bro. is sick, bro. Had 46 points and a 360 the other night layup. Yeah, I'm like, what is this dude doing? I know. Um, He's been doing that, bro. Yeah, I paid and drove solo to go see this dude live because I was like, I need to see this dude. I know you guys did in the college basketball yeah, tournament. Yeah, but you need to see him. Man. I never saw him. I didn't get to go. That I need to see this dude live. That was nuts. Um, he's different than Derrick Rose to me, bro. He can shoot a little better. He creates a little better. Derrick Rose to me reminds me of what I liked out of young Russell Westbrook, which was all athleticism to his game. Some of what I've kind of talked about with Rich, where it just doesn't age as well. Like no, the athletic, you are all age, just think yeah. about it. Like that was my style of game. Like run around like a crazy man, try and steal, try and. Right? Try and be the fastest dive dude. On the court, dive, yeah. dive that doesn't team. age well in, in basketball. Like, no. so. Any sport, really. But I, I get John ja Morant getting that comparison. I see a difference in John ja Morant, though. I get he's hitting the floor. I get he's going in and leading the league in paint scoring at 6 3. Uh, you know, incredible season. Yeah, I think he's top three in MVP easily for me right now. I got DeMar DeRozan up there. And me and Rich getting into it the other day. I got John Moran, DeMar DeRozan, and I probably have Embiid, obviously. But I think the chances of that changing, we'll get into that after this, with this Harden debut and how the Sixers are looking going forward. But comparing those two seasons, I do think the thing that's hurting Ja right now is the Grizzlies went 11-2, and and I think he missed 13 games. He was out. They went 11-2. They have a good team. So I've been seeing a lot of that, too. Yeah, but that Bulls team doesn't lead into any Um, I guess for me... Uh, the talent on the Grizzlies to me is better than that Bulls talent, mm-hmm. so I give Derrick Rose more credit in that regard. But I do think Ja Morant is a more a player that can last longer and that is going to be a better overall player going Ooh. forward in the league. Yeah, I just I uh, saw that tweet yesterday. I thought it was such a good discussion. Topic, yeah, that's a good so. that's a good one. Really, I want to answer Chews, but really quickly on Seggy's point right there, Ja Morant. So a lot of people who follow analytics really closely were down on Ja Morant the first half of the year because. 
the stretch you just said <clears throat> at number two, they there was no drop off when he left the court. Like why a lot of the analytics people love Jokic or like the Nuggets are historically bad when he's off the court and like the best team that in this in the season this year when he's mm-hmm. on the court. Yeah. Uh, the issue Ja was having was they were actually slightly slightly better when he was on the bench the first half of the season and that win uh, that win streak you were talking about without him and then the second half of the season that's totally flipped. Um, and you kind of figured it would over time, just watching yeah, the games. Yeah, it's, it's like there's no way they're better size, without yeah. this guy on the court. Yeah, without the um, number two overall pick in the draft. And yeah, so he's so that's flipped. I think he's kind of figured that out. They are they are a better team with him on the court. We see that with our eyes. The analytics show it. Going to the D Rose, John Morant thing. And they have a I better record like than D the Nuggets. Ro- Keep going, Rich. I think it's kind of like D Rose walks, so John Morant could fly, kind of thing. Russell Westbrook as well, like. I think what John Moran, like, I don't want to just do it like this, like, not be Rose. It might be slightly incredible seg pumped on it a little bit. He does a little bit more shooting. He does, like, the crazy stuff as well. But it's almost tough to compare him, even though it's only, what, 10 years' time. It's like Derrick Rose didn't have the green light. Maybe he wasn't as good of a shooter, but John was a pretty bad, not great at all, just last year, and he's improved a lot this year. But Derrick Rose didn't shoot as much, even though – he could. Jer- Derek Rose didn't have the same volume that John Morant has right now. That was a much more distribute the ball, share it around, like Luol Deng, Boozer, other people getting shots on the team. Not that that doesn't happen on the Grizzlies. So I think what John Morant's doing might be a little bit more incredible. But yeah. I think they are kind of. I think it is more incredible. I think it's more incredible, and going forward, it has the chance to be more incredible. But yeah. that's no knock on Derek Rose and what he did that season. I do think this helps. Uh, John Moran's case for MVP mm-hmm. kind of comparison to that season. Yeah, I just got one last thing I want to touch in on that. I agree, you know, we all are in agreements on this. I think Jai is a little bit more talented with what we've seen, but like Rich said, Derrick Rose walks so these guys could fly. Um, yeah. Just, but yep. It's kind of like the thing, too, watching Derrick Rose do that at a small size, just flying by everyone then jumping out of the building. By not seeing, it was just so incredible. When yeah. Ja does it, it's incredible too. But it's like, oh, that looks like Derrick Rose instead of like that's Ja Morant. So I think I think it's an interesting. Discussion. I think Ja Morant's handles leadership. All all stuff is underrated. I think mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree. Yep. Um, I just wanted to touch on the East a little bit, then we'll get into some funny stuff and be done for the day. Um, guys, I, what, wait, wait, wait. What's good, Rich? Question from five minutes ago. Why do you have the – I won't even respond. I'm just curious. What's your take on the Maverick being there over the Suns or the Warriors? Because to me, uh, the Mavericks have been doing really well. Luka's – not that he'll get it, but making a late season like MVP push. He's been yep. playing incredibly well the last few weeks. But when I look at the Mavericks, my reason that I think that's a little crazier and crazier even than like the Clippers or my Nuggets, I'm just kind of like, after Luka, what are they – what do they got? Is Brunson and Dinwiddie winning us games? So like, I'm not, I'm not even necessarily arguing it, but interested to as to why you have the Mavericks there. Um, Is it just like Luca's incredible and he could make it happen? Because that's a fair argument. I think that's a fair argument. Yeah, yeah, it's a combination of that. It's a combination of the Porzingis thing that I kind of was hoping would help him, it hasn't helped him, and now I see him even flourishing even more without him. You know how I kind of feel about Dinwiddie, but. Even just going forward, just looking at how the NBA playoffs have kind of shaken out the past few years, there's been a couple teams that no one's really expected to make the finals, make the finals. And when I look around and look at some of these teams, the Mavericks are a team that I'm looking at, and I watched last night with a fucking 18-point comeback in the fourth quarter against the Warriors that everyone's hooping as the best team in basketball. I get Draymond Green's out, but I'm like, damn, if they can do that, and I've seen Luka hit game winners in the playoffs, and this man maturing even more and more, and now they got Dinwiddie and all this shit. Nah, I like the Mavs a lot, and, and the only reason I have them above the Suns is is my fear of CP3. Like, I like mm-hmm. the Suns, but I think 
if CP3 is not 100% or the CP3 we saw at the beginning of this year, I think that hurts the Suns' chances to make the Western Conference Finals to w- represent the West. I, just, um, I think that's a great answer, yeah. And so I have, so I have these other teams ahead of them. And I, and I would have the Clippers ahead of the Nuggets as a team if they can get some of their pieces back, a team that can make that run after we even saw what they did last year in last year's playoffs with Kawhi out. So, yeah, I there's there's teams that I'm looking at that I'm like, damn, there's still 20 more games. Then we start the playoffs. Playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball, Rich. And that's something I got to bring up with your boy James Harden. I wanted to right I want to switch over to the East. Now let's go switch over to the East here because we got to touch James Harden, Sixers debut. I need to touch on some things happening in the East because. Now, all of a sudden, I saw James Harden on a triple-double yesterday. I put uh, $50 on him to have 10 assists in the Sixers to win against the Knicks because I thought that was a fucking clear no-brainer to me how things have been going. 194 bucks. I'm like, let's go. James Harden coming through. Uh, he looks happy and healthy, Rich. You got the Embiid experiment going on. The best duo in basketball. Okay, let me just, let me just slow the roll a little bit, Rich, because they played your fucking Knicks. And the game before, as much as I love what the Timberwolves are doing, they're playing the playing riddle Timberwolves that who knows what's going to happen come the time I just talked about postseason time. My only issue with how everything's kind of shaking out now is kind of how I was trying to tell you the other day, man. This is this is setting up for James Harden to have this. Oh, see, look, wow, look how they're looking these last twenty games. Holy shit, dude! Joel Embiid's MVP still. Oh my god, this is this is incredible. They're, they're, oh, okay. Just do it in the postseason, dude. Just do it in the fucking postseason. Like, it's that's where we're at. I mean, that's where that's, we're at. I hear you. And I look I'm at the East. Hold on. So, that's fine. They can look as good as they want these last two games and these last 20 games. Let's see how it looks come postseason. I look around the rest of the landscape of the East, Rich. I don't think I have the Sixers above the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think are the best team in the East still right now. I'd argue that I like the Bulls and the Heat above the 76ers, even with how Harden's looking in his debut and his last game. And I'd also say this, question marks surrounding the Brooklyn Nets, which I tried to get into you with last week. We're still waiting to see what happens with Ben Simmons, who apparently has back problems now. I'm like, this is almost just sad with Ben Simmons. The only thing I hold my hat on is Kyrie's coming back for a full-time player and Kevin Durant's on the court. And if that's the case, I might even like that team above the 76ers. So I go look at the rest of the, the landscape of the East, the reason why I say this, Rich, is because the take I've been hearing all since these last couple last games of the Sixers, incredible, and Harden making his debut, and oh, they can make it. Are they favorites in the East or running through the East? Embiid has never been a uh, workhorse, a leader type player in the playoffs. Anytime that one run they had, it was Kawhi. It was uh, Jimmy Butler was uh, on the Sixers then. Um, you go look at James Harden. You know my knocking him. Every chance he's had to actually be the guy, alpha man in the playoffs, always come up short. The, both guys are known to come up short. So, yeah, maybe both of them come together. Maybe it helps a little bit. But when I go look at the rest of the landscape at the East, I don't have a, I don't have more faith in them than I do Jimmy Butler. I was telling you about Jimmy Butler the other day in a pod. I, I don't have more faith in them than I do Giannis. And I go look at what DeMar DeRozan is doing right now with Zach Levine and Caruso hopefully coming back. And I go look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving if he's full-time. I get all this shit looks flashy and good right now. But let's see what it looks like 20 games from now postseason time, different time, where I do not think the Sixers are favorites in the East. That's my that's my take on James first, Harden's too. nasty triple-double, even though it was yeah. good. I, and, and James Harden's looking great. Oh, that's the only thing, Rich. All of a sudden, James Harden gets to a new place, three places in 13 months, and he can just change his game. All of a sudden, he's just looking like he wants to like be good and be playing. and be. 
All right, cool, man. Let's just see it in the playoffs. That's all I got to say. Let's just see it in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's it's a valid argument. I think this is how I view it, right? So, obviously, he got traded there. Uh, it's the shiny new toy in the NBA right now, and it's an awesome pairing even if you don't like him. You got to think about it. a guy who can dribble, create, uh, he can shoot the lights out, paired with a guy like Embiid who can space the floor, shoot, he can back guys down, he can hit these post shots. I think it's a really good combination. I think that pick-and-roll game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But you're right. The first two teams they played, the Timberwolves have been playing better than, you know, you expect, but they're a fringe bubble team. You play the Knicks, who there was, you know, there was a lot of hype going into this year, but they've certainly not lived up to that. It'll be interesting to see how they do once they pair up against these really good teams that are gonna, they're going to be facing in the playoffs. Um, I think when push comes to shove, like I said, it's the shiny new toy. Everyone's all excited about it, and I think it has the potential to be a really, really good team. I really like those two guys yep. uh, together. I think their ga- uh, styles of game complement yeah. each other. i got to say one more thing said, before I let Rich I go, ahead, think, uh, right, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, no, I just want to finish up here. I still have the Bucks coming out of the East because when you have a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo yep. and the way he lives his life, the way he works, if he's healthy – I am taking that team yeah. because there's right now I Best love LeBron. I love LeBron so much, and you you guys know that. Yep. But if there's one player I want to have and I'm going to war with, it might be Giannis. Best player honestly. in basketball, Rich. I just need to say this. I'll let you respond. The only other thing that you remind me of, that I've been hearing a little about too, and it's always been my knock on Harden, and kind of my knock going into that Embiid take. These dudes are ISO type players, and I love the rest. I love the rest of the team. You know how I feel about Maxi, who I think is having an incredible year. Uh, you still got Thibault, great defender. Tobias Harris, who's just like an underrated NBA player. Who, yeah, he he doesn't show up some nights, but he's a good NBA player to have as a starter on your team. The Sixers have a loaded roster. They also have a coach who blows three one leads like it's nobody's job. Okay, I don't have That's a lot of faith in Doc Rivers. And I go and look at this style of team. It's ISO ball come playoff time. And that does not work come playoff time. I trust heat culture. I trust movement of the basketball. I trust Giannis taking over in some of these games. They don't have a big. I think that's a fair argument. I just just think. All right. Okay. I just think. uh, I I think they're just going to come up short come playoff time. And it's just going to be yet another thing that I'm going to throw on Harden's back. Because at the end of the day, this is Harden's opportunity now. Like if they go and lose. In this playoffs, right, no one's going to be like, damn, dude, Joel Embiid came up short. Like, we'll see how Joel Embiid performs okay. come playoff time. This is on James Harden, bro. I this think is on James Harden. Show me in the playoffs. I got to be honest. Dude's going to come up short like he always has. Rich, I'm sorry to jump in front of you, but I do agree with him with that take where if they do fall, I think a lot more fingers are pointed at James Harden. You touched on three different teams in three months. Um, I think that's going to be a big narrative in this offseason if he can't get it done. Um, but I really, I don't know what it is. You know, you guys know I despise Philly and stuff, but something about this pairing I really like. And I, you mentioned a guy like Maxi. I love Maxi. Uh, you got an underrated guy in Tobias Harris. He kind of reminds me of, this might seem funny, but like he kind of gives me off like a little bit of Al Horford vibes in the sense of leadership, going to do the dirty work. He's going to play real hard and stuff. Obviously different positions, different skill sets and stuff. But I think they have a very interesting team come playoff time. And if they can find a way to make it work with a little bit of ISO ball mixed in with good ball movement, they have a chance to turn some heads. Let's hear it, Rich. Right. Give me a few minutes. No interruptions. Um, no interruptions. Winning players, to me, I'm not going to – we've done the hardest thing go. before, but I'm Joel Embiid and Harden. I'll move on from this real quick. I don't like saying that they're not winning players because, like, we've done the thing where it's like, oh, the last – 
25 finals have included one of Steph Curry, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, or Shaq. And it's like, all right, is everyone else just a fucking loser? Because, like, the best players always get there. Like, I don't, I don't know. Joel Embiid hasn't been in the best situations with uh, teams around him outside that Jimmy Butler year where they played really well. Harden's gone to some conference finals. I think they both need to prove themselves as winners, but I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, they're losers at this point or, like, they can't show up in the clutch. Like, they both have gotten to the point in big moments where we remember them as losers because they didn't win. But a lot of times they lost to the best teams and like the Warriors team and like that um, Kawhi Leonard crazy shot the Sixers for like one one way from getting there. So like, I don't think that's an important part, but like, I don't think they're losers at all. Seg stole my thunder a little bit. My biggest concern is not Doc, damn it, is not Joel Embiid or James Harden. It is absolutely that Doc Rivers coaches that team. That mm-hmm. is where, that is where I'm worried about it. We've talked about this plenty of times and, is that if your back's up against the wall or actually at the opposite side, if you have a comfortable lead in the series, the coach you don't want is Doc Rivers because he will blow that 3-1 lead. He absolutely will. Um, so yeah. we'll see. Things could happen. Um, a few things on the new on the new Sixers team here, and I'll touch on like the top three teams in the East or like we did on the West yep. as well. But um, <clears throat> I think um, I, I agree with you that they are ISO players, but let's not forget that James Harden, aside from, like, Jokic, LeBron, a few other guys, is one of the best facilitators and passers in the league. He's not Carmelo Anthony out there where he's, like, a black hole and, like, you're not getting the ball yep. back if you give it to him. Yep. Like, he's going to give you the ball. And I think what all this hinges on, and I'll trust Harden on this, is does he think this is his team or does he recognize this is 100% Embiid's team and he's the facilitator that Embiid needs? He's the better version of Jimmy Butler that he had years ago of, like, hey, look, I'm the center I can't bring the ball up the court necessarily and do everything. I need you to do that, but I'm the number one on offense. You are the number two on offense. James Harden knows that. I think they're good to go. I don't think he's going to have a problem with that because he deferred to Kyrie and Durant in the rare times they were on the court together. So, like, I I could be wrong. I'll be willing to be wrong if I am. But, like, I don't think it's going to be this, like, oh, my God, James Harden's, like, taking the ball from Indeed when he should have it. So, I think, relax, I think on that front, I'm not worried about the ISO ball. I'm not worried about James Harden going like, oh my God, he's just taking step back threes. Like, no, he's going to get the ball to Embiid. He's going to move it around. In his first game, I didn't get, I only got to watch the second half of the game against the Knicks, but I watched all the game against the uh, Timberwolves. And he was moving the ball around really well. Even like, you know, it's his first game. We can't read too much into it, but it's all we have for a sample size right now. So I like the fit. Um, I don't think it's going to be a failure if they don't win. For the sole reason, I think there's context that, that's needed there. I, I For the sole reason that there's so many good teams in the East. I was just trying to think about who I'm going to list as my top three. I would like to list the Celtics as a top three with how good their defense has been. And I don't think I can because there's so many good teams in the East right now. So for that reason, I don't think it's like, man, Harden and beat choked if they're not in the finals this year. But I do think that comes down to their performances. If they go out in five games or an ugly six-game performance, yeah, they'll be absolutely be talking about that. If they lose to the Bucks in seven, I would argue maybe the better team won and they did what they could. So, like, we'll see. It depends on what we see actually on the court there. Here we go. Uh, James Harden, he now has 25 points and 12 assists in each of his last three debuts with the team, Rockets, Nets, 76ers. Nobody else in NBA history has ever done that once. I saw that he made five threes in his debut. Ben Simmons had made five in his entire career with the Sixers. Just a little shot at Ben Simmons, even though he's not a, shot, not a shooter. Just need to throw that in there real quick. Um, yeah, there's a lot of credit to be 
sad to some of these stats and resume created things that James Harden's put together during the regular season. And yes, Rich, I'd push back with, yeah, if Joel Embiid's the number one option and Harden's the two option, okay, yep, sure, that's probably what you're going to need to make a run in the East. Are you... When you need a shot, when you're relying on a shot in any of these big-time games, or is Joel Embiid taking that shot? Is Joel Embiid I taking that, that shot, or is James Harden? So is it going to come down to Joel Embiid taking that shot or James Harden? To I me, it's going to be James Harden. And, yeah, that. it might be situational. Yeah. And it might be some lobs. And it might be some back down. But if, to me, you're looking for a one shot, we need it. It's going to be, depending on the situation. Maxi in the corner. It's just going to be, you know what <laughs> it's going to be. Look, I think that's a... So, you're just going to see this coming down the stretch. Don't you worry. James Harden come playoff time. Changing it up a little bit. Looking like this. Brickin. I view it in a different lens because I think that's a good thing to have. Um, When you have two guys who can take the final shot as opposed to one, I think it's all situational. You need two. Embiid's been eating against their center all game long. I want to give the ball to Embiid. If Harden has been shooting the lights out, playing great, looking like he was, you know, MVP Houston Harden, maybe I want him taking the shot. It's situational. I think it's a good thing to have this. Uh, obviously, I know you're not the biggest James Harden guy and stuff, too. I think, I don't know, I think it could work. And you were talking about before uh, ISO and stuff, too. He's played with many Hall of Famers throughout his career at this point. And, you know, maybe they haven't won the big game, but they played very well together. So I think there's the potential there. And that's the whole thing you were talking about, like, you know, oh, is he a loser, not a winning player, stuff like that. I mean, if we're doing that argument... It's kind of tough, but like, look at a guy like CP3. He has no rings. Yeah, he did what he did with the Thunder. He led the Suns to the finals last year and stuff too, but he technically doesn't have one. Does that make him a loser? I think it, it's just a tough slope to talk about, and it'll we'll see what happens after this playoff, but it'll be interesting. If he goes out and plays well and they still lose, I think it's, you know, yeah, you bring up the a, narrative that he didn't do it. You bring up it, a good it'll point. Be, it'll be uh, a, I, it could change the it's perspective more, a It's bit. more I say James Harden isn't a championship-level player, and and I guess that kind of leads into your CP3 right. take, but so it's it, like the same knock on Russ. It's the same knock on Russ. He's not a championship-level player. No rings. No rings. James, what do you mean? What? It's not the same knock. How is it the same knock? The one time Russ had significant postseason success was with Kevin Durant on his team. They went to the finals. James, James Harden, Harden led a team, team to the Western Conference three years in a row. No, and ran, no. And ran into the best team ever put on the court. No, like he had CP3 one year, and, the, and he went down with an injury and still botched it. He had Russ one year. No, he wasn't the only dude on the team, dog. I, who, I didn't say that. Can you stop for a second and just listen to what I'm saying? He's not the only person on the team. He was by far the 1A with no de- debate about it on a team that went head-to-head with Golden State, not just went there and got swept, the best team that any of us have seen in our lifetime, the 2018 Golden State Warriors, 2017, 2019 Golden State Warriors, the team that was competing with them, even over the Cavs, minus the one year the Cavs won, was mm-hmm. the Houston Rockets. Draymond, Steph, a bunch of the players have talked about it and said, like, the team we were the most scared of, that not that we were scared of any team, we thought we were going to run through everyone, but with the team we knew that had a shot could beat us was the Rockets because of the way they played it wasn't this like, oh, James Harden's a choker. They talked. We talked about it last week, just for two. Like Draymond said in the podcast, basically saying like, we just let James do his thing for forty-five minutes, Bruh. knowing he'd eventually get tired, and then we'd clamp him up in the last three. And he even said it. He's like, people call him a choker. He's not a choker. He just basically the style of ball they were playing that was his fault, that was D'Antoni's fault, just wasn't going to beat us because we were going to clamp him down in the last three minutes and let him do whatever the first forty-five. So to me, 
I don't know. That's not a that's not a, a loser or someone who's unsuccessful because they ran into the best team we've seen three years in a row and we're the one team that challenged them. When when Rich I, breaks it take. down like that, uh, it does give an interesting perspective too, and it kind of makes me think a little bit of KD last year, that game seven where he his foot was on the line and stuff too. Gets talked about a little bit, but if his foot was an inch back, you know, things can change like that. You were, and it's the same thing. KD was playing his heart out working so hard he was so tired by the end of that the shot just came up a little bit short and stuff too at the end but i don't know it's interesting it's a great point where you have this great player you're going to let him run wild they think it's going to be going great but you know those last three minutes of the game you are absolutely burned out you got no strength in your legs it's so much harder to get those shots up it is an interesting point point. and rich i think we've I... talked about this before um wasn't one of the big things between the Rockets and the Warriors Jesus was because of Christ. but because of Clint Capella too, right? Because he was really good in the paint and they didn't really have someone who could match up with him? Or am I mixing things up here? Well, about Against what? the Warriors. What are you... That the Warriors uh Rockets series. Wasn't Clint Capella a big part of that? Because um... they didn't really have anyone who could kinda defend that pick yeah, and roll against him yeah it was tough they did go a small factor. in a lot of them but he, mm-hmm. he was helpful in a lot of the minutes there i don't know how huge of a part of the storyline he was mm-hmm. but i just remember watching it that like you know he was putting up big rebound games catching his alley yeah. oops couple of game and stuff too and it was working for the short term but obviously did not work the whole way through yeah i look i just think that I like guys where people tend to like, I liked LeBron early in his career where everyone's just ragging on him. Oh, this guy can't win. And it's like, what are you guys seeing what this guy's doing? It's why I gravitated towards Harden. It's why I like defend Melo and everything. It's like these guys where I'm like, do you guys see how they like carried the teams? And it kind of has a lot to do with the teams they were going against. Like the thing with Melo, last thing I'll say, and we could move on. The reason I always defend Melo, pull up any one of his post seasons. There's not a single year where you're like, oh man, they blew that. They should have won. They lost to the better team. They were going against Lakers, legendary Lakers team, legendary Spurs team, legendary Miami's Heat teams. It's the same thing Harden ran into. It's like he won every series you look at, and you're like, he should win that. And then he would run into an almost unbeatable team and take them to six or seven games. And it's like, well, yeah, everyone would have lost that. So, like, I just don't like the narrative that it's like, oh, postseason losers, like Chris Paul, Melo, all these guys. It's like they won the games they were supposed to win and ran into better teams the large majority of the time. Rich. Ran into we get better into this teams. conversation all too much on here. Mm, yeah, I feel like this is a driving point in our NBA talks. Harden's <laughs> a bitch. Harden's well, a bitch. Times. I just, see, I say the whole thing, and then I, I, I don't, not that we want, I don't want to keep the conversation going, but it's like, where, where is your rebuttal? Like, where is it like, nah, he's still a fucking loser. He should have beaten Durant and the Warriors and the 73-win war. It's like, what? Isn't it kind of like, wow, it's pretty incredible that he was the team to get there every year. Yeah, you know, my rebuttal to you, Rich, is that he had, was up, uh, he was up what? He was up with uh, two games with, or up a, two games with three to go or something and choked them all away. I think I like yeah. one for 27. Yeah, so like, I don't want to hear that, like, oh, he didn't have a course. chance to get through because he did and he choked it away. And he's had a couple chances that he's fallen up short. So, yeah, he did have a chance to beat those teams. It wasn't that his team wasn't the better team throughout the entire series until it got late. So, I don't want to sit here and hear, like, oh, he had no chance and and nobody would have won. No, he almost would have won. Yeah, that's what you said. Nobody, No other team would have beat him. Well, he had a chance to beat him and he didn't. Oh, my God. They were the runaway favorite. They smacked the Cavs every year, minus the the three one incredible comeback in the finals. <laughs> Runaway favorite, projected to win every yeah, series. Yeah, there was a lot of that in college hoops this weekend, and that was sour. 
Just move to something else. Go to some other fucking subject. <laughs> no, seriously, you've been watching college hoops or no? It was wild this weekend. This weekend was wild. I lost money on college hoops this weekend. Because seven of the top ten uh, teams in the country all lost. Uh, all top six lost in the same day. First time since 1948 that's happened. Wild, but tons of upsets. Should be a good, uh, should be a good bracket challenge. I'm hoping to log into my account and get the uh, Seggy Station bracket challenge. I just got clipped for the Podbean uh, annual as we were potting. Shout out Seggy Station. It gets all awkward and silent when we finish talking about James Harden because he's a bitch. He's a fucking bitch, no, Rich. Just, yeah, fuck you. He sucks. I he want, chokes. I want a conversation about it and not just screaming. I'm giving you a conversation. Oh. No, you're screaming. You're giving me a Stephen A. Skip Bayless no, right now. Oh, my God. Fuck. Oh, all right. You want a conversation? You want me to pipe I mean, it down a little bit? Chris oh, Paul got no, hurt. No, 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 James no, Harden no, had a no, chance. No. He didn't. If Chris Paul didn't get hurt, maybe they had more of a chance because James Harden sure wasn't pulling them to the win in those series that he had a chance to win. Russell Westbrook there with him. Had a chance. Didn't do nothing. James Harden by himself. Best regular season ever. Dropping 40 a game. Show up in the playoffs. Shoot 1 of 17 from 3 in big time games. So yeah, dude. Like it matters. It matters. It wasn't my just running into the better team. He, he had a chance to win and didn't. And that's my point. Doesn't play my fucking defense. Fucking sorry as hell team leader. Quitting on the teams and shit. Yeah. Like, all right, whatever. We, we just agree to disagree on that one. I don't know yeah, what to tell you. My point that I said right at the beginning is he is not a winner. And B has not proven he's a winner. Harden has not proven he's a winner. But to say they're losers because they came up short against the better Fair. teams in the biggest games of the year is ridiculous. Fair. It's like everyone has to lose except for the team that wins. They Fair. were one of the four teams remaining. Fair, but to me they had a chance to win and didn't because of those except, guys. Except Michael Jordan. Apparently he never lost a single game in history. <laughs> Just wanted to get that in there. Also, another valid point. Yep. Uh, let's get into the East discussion. Top threes, boys. Yeah, I gotta go soon. Um, college Oregon? Hoops has been fire. Um, fuck college football. College Hoops is way better. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys know if I get that bracket challenge going, trying oh, to get the go. second yeah, annual. We'll do it again. Um, yeah, it'll be tough Tough to pick some of these, though. Um, it's always so fun. Top three in the East? Yeah, definitely not the Sixers. I'll tell you that. Uh, no, seriously, in all, in all seriousness, I do like uh, the Bucks. I like the Bulls. I got the Bulls number two right now. Uh, you know, I was on the record saying the Bulls are going to have their best season since Michael Jordan. To me, and you it's right. looking like so that right now. I know Rich brings up D. Rose's year, and I know we talked about it on today's pod. To me, the Bulls, looking better. Looking better this year, have a better chance to make a deeper run this year uh, with what they got going on. And third, I'd have to probably slide Miami Heat, bro, because I love what they got going on. I heard Victor Oladipo may be back, and I don't know how much he's going to contribute, but he'll be back. You got all these other pieces. Kyle Lowry there that I think people are forgetting about. Championship level player. Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo ain't no scrub. You know how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. Top three in the East right there. And I think there's an argument for the Nets to be above the Sixers. Got to wait and see what happens with Benny Simmons. I think I got Bucks number one. <laughs> uh, I got... See, I, it's tough between two and three for me. I don't really know where to pair them, but... 
It's between Bulls and Sixers. I don't really know. I guess I would put the Bulls slightly ahead of them because they've been playing together this whole season. They've been playing real well. Yeah. This is a new team, which we just discussed about. Yeah, it looked really good in the first two games, but they weren't paying, playing the best competition. But when push comes to shove, moving forward, with who they have on that team, who they acquired, I think they're going to be either the second or third team out of there. But I got Bucks representing the East. Yeah, I think Rich does as well. <sighs> yeah, I've been high on the Bucks all year. It's, I mean... I'm hoping it's a little bit of like championship fatigue because like when I watch their games right now, I'm they don't they don't look like the team where it's like oh they're gonna win the ring this year like that game against the Nets last night it's like damn you guys can't beat a Kyrie Irving right now they were there were points of the game where they were leading by like 10, 12, 15 points and they let them come back that's just one game there's been plenty of games for them like that I still have the Bucks number one because I think on paper they're by far the best team we saw it last year I think Giannis is the best player in the league right now so. I'm still putting the Bucks number one, but I won't lie. I'm slightly more like, uh, are they as good as last year? Uh, more no, so than I was thinking at the beginning six, of the year, but I'll still chalk them up to number Homer. one. Number two is tough. I think I'll probably go with the Sixers at number two, specifically because if we're th- saying who I think is going to come out of the East, a lot of it comes down to matchups in the playoffs, and I just really don't think, the if, for example, the Sixers and the Bulls are playing or the Sixers – um, the Cavs are playing some of those other teams up there. I don't think these teams are going to have anything they could do about Joel Embiid. Yeah, and Vooch is about to I bang th- with him. I don't think it's I don't think it's a runaway. Like, oh, the Sixers are way better than the Bulls. The Bulls have been incredible. Demar Derozan's been a million times better than I ever could have thought. They've been literally missing a good amount of their team. If they have if they have Lonzo and Caruso back, I reserve the right to change this and maybe put the Bulls at, at number two. But I just think Joel Embiid's going to be a problem, especially now that they he has someone he could rely on to get him the ball more consistently. Like, think about how good he was playing this year. Like, Tyrese Maxey was the only one getting him the ball. And Tyrese Maxey's good, but to have Tyrese Maxey and Harden out there is a significant upgrade. So, I'm still going to put the Bulls at number three there. I really wanted to try and find a way to work the Celtics into this. They have by far the best defense in the second half of the season. Celtics' They're best team second since in January 1. On the whole year, uh, slightly behind the Warriors. Warriors will probably overtake them soon as Draymond misses a few more games. Just... When I look at it, as good as their defense has been, if I'm putting the Celtics against the Bulls, the Bucks, the 76ers, even the Heat in a playoff setting, I don't know about that one. I just don't know if they're coming away the winning team. Yeah, Celtics. Like, yeah maybe against the Heat, maybe Tatum's the best player on the court, but I think that Heat defense is, is winning that for them against the Celtics. The only thing I'll say on the Heat and why I didn't include them there, I feel like the Heat, when I watch their games, like, they're almost already playing playoff basketball in the sense that they like, like it was almost, it's almost like the Knicks last year where the Heat have been doing this for years where like they muck it up, make it ugly, slow down the pace. But the problem is when playoff basketball starts and the other team starts doing that too, and they have slightly more talented offensive options than you, that's usually the team that wins. So that's the only thing that concerns me about the Heat. I think the Heat are incredible. I just think when everyone slows down their games and the other team has more explosive offensive options. Like, look, Jimmy Butler is not an explosive offensive option. Tyler Euro is their most explosive option, offensive option they got right now. Bam's been playing really well, but I can't pick the Heat to beat, like, the Bucks or the 76ers, probably not the Bulls either. But not that they can't, just that's that would be my one observation on them. I think other teams will beat them in a six-game series in the playoffs. I don't think it would even go to seven would be my take right now against – those other top teams for the Heat. Yeah, you're sleeping on the Heat. 
I think the only way Maybe. the Celtics move on, like Rich was bringing up a lot of good points, is if you have that twosome right there putting up 60 points per game. That's how you got to do it. Between Tatum and Brown putting up 60, that's the only way I see them moving Celtics on. have been incredible. They turned around their season that mm-hmm. I thought was in the dumpster fire, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah, but I don't see them they making noise in the playoffs. The Bucks right now. Yeah, I know. They're the best team since January 1, I just told you, in the NBA. Uh, yeah. um, basically, the Grizzlies and... Uh, Pelicans aren't far behind in the past few weeks, honestly. Like I said, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics do because they they have a chance to make runs. They've, they've shown they've been able to make runs. I just don't know if they have enough. But oh, there's a lot of talent in the East, and it's jammed up in the East. Like I think five teams, right? That chance to number one still. Yeah, the East it's just is absolutely East jammed is up. We didn't even. We literally just talked about all the best teams in the East, and we didn't touch on the team that has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and yeah. Ben Simmons. Well, I wild. did, but you yeah, did But don't get yeah. me wrong. I don't think they're a top three team right now, but the fact that we can talk about the top three, four, five teams and, and leave out the team them, with yeah. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just shows like how deep the East mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it's Kevin Durant really expected to be back, and Kyrie Irving may be full-time player. Like, I think that's going to factor into this, regardless of how you feel about the situation. Oh, 100%. It all depends Kevin Durant's on expected KD to be back soon. Some of the other guys filter in. Jamal Murray you talked about. Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets. These guys for the Clippers I talked about. These guys obviously for the Nets. These guys that can get back onto the court, it's especially superstar-like players, it's going to matter. You know, I think Victor Oladipo is going to be interesting for the Heat for sure. I'm not saying he's going to come in and be like, you know, splashing and incredible, but I think that's a scoring option that you're leaving out as well. Duncan Robinson, uh, 3 and D type guy, can get hot, obviously. I just can't imagine. I do think it'll be nice to get Oladipo. He just hasn't played basketball, minus like his 20 games with the Rockets in like two and a half years. Yeah, which I think is very interesting with how things are kind of going with Clay right now. Because, you know, Clay, you know, comes on the scene, has a 30-point game, everyone's loving Clay, and then he's out of the lineup for a day or two. And it's like, it's not that that's not to be expected, but, like, come playoff time, like, how's that going to go? And, like, how's Clay going to be able to go come playoff time? And I think that's interesting to me. Like, yeah, very valid point with a guy who doesn't play as long. But that's just, like, the same thing I was thinking with Clay and any of these guys that are out and coming back. Anthony Davis is another guy I just left out of that conversation trying to get back. Like, guys that are out and trying to get back and ramp up for, like, the hardcore season, like, I don't know, it obviously matters regardless of how long you've been out. And if you've been out longer, I think it makes it harder. So, yeah. Uh, it is right now, and I <clears throat> I have my answer, but this was a crazy hypothetical. Say the Lakers win in the play-in. Um, so they're the seven seed or whatever. And the Suns still don't have Chris Paul, and they're the, the two seed. Suns, Suns with no Chris Paul versus Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Give me, the, give me the Lakers. Give me, Levy. give me the Lakers. I got, I got the Suns still. I think the Lakers are terrible. Yeah, I have the Suns fair. in six on that series. You no, try and team me up for that. I'll trust in Russ to get that done. I'll trust in Russ to get that done. Take the Lakers in that. Yeah, I'll trust in Russ to get that done. All that shit you're talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the thing. I just want to see if Russ has one last burst for me. I think it would be fun. Is because that would be the ultimate like talent versus like well-run team like the suns are like the best run team we've seen this year even without chris paul in the games they're a very like efficient well-run team not that they're going to win every game yeah and the lakers are the opposite of a well-run team but have superstar talent so i think that would be not that i want chris paul to be there but i think that would be interesting to see how that goes yeah probably all right boys i got Gotta dive into baseball real quick. I got an update on my phone. It's nothing to do with the lockout or anything like that, but I got a funny little thing I gotta rant on for a few minutes, so let me just step up on my soapbox quick. 
the most overrated player in baseball history has decided to step out of his role as CEO of the Marlins yeah, after five that. years. Yes, Derek Jeter is stepping down as CEO of the Marlins. Let's go through his incredible run as CEO of the Marlins. First thing he did, once him, he put in a minor bid uh, with other people with a lot of money. He was the good. face. Uh, first thing they did, cut his payroll to historic lows in today's <laughs> baseball. First move of action, trading John Carlos Stanton and his 59 home runs to the Yankees for spare parts so the Yankees would take the rest of the contract. Follow that up with sending D. Gordon, now known as D. Strange Gordon, to, I believe he went to the Mariners for a little bit, got nothing in that deal. Oh JT Realmuto, you turned and flipped him to a division rival, Philadelphia Phillies. You did get Sixto Sanchez back in that deal, but with a bulky shoulder, it's a little scary to see how that's going to move forward. <laughs> Marcelo Zuna, I'm glad you got rid of him because he beat his wife and he should never be allowed to play baseball again, that fucking piece of shit. But with that being said, they traded him to the um, sorry, they traded him to the Cardinals, and this was the only prospect they got back that was actually impactful, and that is Sandy Alcantara. He just signed an extension with the Marlins. By the time his contract ends, Marlins have been around since 1993. He will be the longest tenured player in Marlins history. <laughs> 24 out of 25 players on the Marlins all-time war list were all either traded or left in free agency. The one exception was Jose Fernandez, who tragically passed away in 2016. Jesus um, and then on top of that, the other kicker, who else did they get rid of for the last one of the five? How about MVP, the year he left, hit 344 Christian Yelich for the Milwaukee Brewers? They obviously got back an arsenal of incredibly great players, but that's not where this story ends with Derek Jeter. Got a great quote. You remember the Beatles when they were, you know, there was the rift between like, you know, all the guys and Ringo. They said, oh, is Ringo one of the best drummers in the world? Ringo's not even the best drummer on the Beatles. That's how I feel about Derek Jeter at shortstop for the Yankees. Alex Rodriguez should have been playing. Derek Jeter, the uh, MLB's all-time leader in negative defensive runs saved. If any other person had as many opportunities as him, they would have been sent to the uh, Nippon Professional League in <laughs> Japan. Um, and then on top of that, the one that really grinds my gears the most with this, he cleared staff completely, got rid of everyone, fired everyone who had been there the longest time. But the one that really grinds my gears the most is the fact that he had the fucking audacity to call a man who was battling through chemo in the hospital, had cancer. He was a scout that he fired him right there when he was literally had the IV in, in his arm and stuff too. So fuck Derek Jeter. Me and my homies all hate Derek Jeter. Um, I absolutely fucking hate Derek Jeter. Uh, I, player, somebody great, tried great to hitter, tell me, hitter, yo, somebody tried to tell me that, uh, Rich, I, I don't know if you can attest to this, like that growing up that Derek Jeter was more of like an influential athlete to them than LeBron James. I almost slapped the motherfucker right in the I, face. I think that's, I think that's fair depending on Is how it? you follow sports. Yeah. I, he was. He played for the Yankees. I he think, played for the most famous sports team in the world. So yes, and he played there for a long time and won five championships. Yes, yes. Is he a Hall of Fame caliber player? Yes, absolutely. He had over three thousand. Yes, yeah, for sure. Four hundred sixty-five yep. to be exact. More influential but than LeBron James, though. I don't know about I, that. I, Even I if you, depending that. on what sport. The big thing with Jeter. Let me get this in real quick. Is what he did and why he is so beloved is because he was playing in the media capital of the world in New York City. He was dating the hottest chicks. He was never in the limelight for any wrong reason. And he's he always showed up. He played. No, that's a real thing. Yep. People look up to him. Eli Manning, yeah. baby, get at me. Exactly. But no, that's the big reason because he never had any controversies. He always showed up. Biggest controversies he had was trying to get A-Rod out of there or other teammates that he didn't like, but he was the captain, the face of the franchise. He's Derek Jeter, so obviously his word means more. But if it wasn't Derek Jeter, the second half of his career and how bad he was at shortstop, 
A Rod should have been playing short. He should have been playing. Short. All right, a few few questions, and I'm cutting the mic. Uh, Rich, you have to answer these too. Everyone's answering these. Just real quick answers. No, just no, one no, word. Yep. One word answers. No, no fucking. Uh, I don't want any commentary bullshit. Chew. When's the MLB lockout gonna end? Games will be starting up in May. Rich, when do you think the MLB lockout's gonna end? Um. Chewy is smart, so I say games will be start. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. Chewy's overly optimistic, so I say games will be starting up in late May, early June. Fucking one word answer turned into a oh, ten sorry, word answer. Sorry, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I'm gonna go June. All right, I want to know. Do you guys think Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers, retires, or plays for another team? Chew. Denver. Rich. Packers. Sag. Retires. Wow. Really? What? No way. Back to back MVP. See ya, bud. I'd love to see that. That'd be fucking hilarious. Nah. That's going to be interesting. All three different answers there. Wait, wait. No, you need Rodgers to keep going because you need someone to say is the GOAT over Brady. So you need Rodgers to keep going. Oh, got him. Uh, <laughs> Rodgers ain't the GOAT over Brady, my guy. <laughs> Rodgers ain't the. I'll never say that. No, that's I'll Drew never Lock say under that. The Daniel Hackett, baby. Yeah, I'll never He's say already that. drawn up plays for Drew. Actually, I do want to uh, touch on this. I know you said no rambling, but one thing I really love that Joe Judge did um, when he became coach of the team is he would go over um, like play calls and game tape and stuff like that and break it down so like normal fans like us could understand a little bit more. Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos are doing something like that on their YouTube page where he's breaking down offenses and stuff too. And I think as a fan of the game, it's really fun to see and learn. Yeah, and when you don't get Aaron Rodgers, you, you already said Drew Locke's the dog. He's probably looking pretty shitty to me. Uh, Drew Locke. Oh, uh, yeah. Penny Bridgewater's incredible. Stop it. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Give me another question to change my mind. Right I saw now. Joe Judge is back on the Pats. Pats, yeah. yeah. I saw Matt Nagy sign with the Chiefs as a quarterback's coach. Yep. Hmm, interesting. It is funny how you see these guys go back to the team. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jags. Still still haven't come in and blasted on that, but he's also quit on uh, games, so I don't know how that's going to look for the Jags. I think think he was out of there anyways. I'll give you your four options for an answer. Opening day starting quarterback next year for the San Francisco 49ers. Is it Trey Lance, Jimmy G, Tom Brady unretires and comes to the 49ers or other? It's fucking ridiculous. I was going to ask you guys the whole Tom Brady coming back and not. No, Tom Brady's not going to be back playing at the start right, of the well, season. Well, that, that part was mainly a joke. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Jimmy G, you need a quarterback who can actually win you a few games. Yeah, I think it's not Trey Lance. I don't know if it's Jimmy G or other, but I think it's not Trey Lance. Everything I've been seeing out of there is kind of like they realize they absolutely screwed up with Trey Lance. And it's only one year. Give the kid a shot. I know I've been very tough on him and stuff too, but it just goes to show the NFL not for long. seems like they're already thinking about uh, Jimmy G or, you know, try to bring Tom back, <laughs> trade for Aaron Rock. You know, it's just kind of wild. You just spent the number two overall pick on a dude. Or four, whatever it was. Number three and trade. Oh, there we go. Of course rounders. you get the wrong one. And three first rounders, yeah. yeah. The ideal, I'm saying this like this is something insightful, uh, fucking obviously, but the ideal scenario for them Tommy is somehow Goat. Brady's like, all right, fine, one more year. They get to sit Lance one more year and be like, cool, you're Brady. All right, last I, question, boys. I'm putting you on Tom's the spot done. here. I think Tom's done. I'll take four teams that you think are going to win the national championship this year. Go. Go ahead, Chip. Wait, basketball? basketball? Yep, college basketball. Gonzaga? Hopefully I'll get the, the bracket. U-C-O-N-N? Um... 
We'll throw Baylor in because they won last year, and I think URI is going to get real hot when the conference tournament and then make a run at uh, the national That's championship a fucking with terrible under 500 take. record. <clears throat> it's fucking terrible. No, basically it's between ahead, Gonzaga Rich. and UConn for me, which could be completely okay. wrong. UConn's terrible. Uh, They're not fucking doing anything. Mine isn't going to be very exciting because it's going to be the teams where I know they have exciting players and I've looked into some of their players. So Gonzaga, number one, uh, I think that's obvious. Um, I'm number two. I'm going to be going with Auburn with Jabari Smith, who's been incredible and is projected to be a top one or two pick in the NBA draft this upcoming year. Number three, I guess I'd go with Purdue. They also have Jaden Ivey, who Seg and I talked about this the other day. Threw down an unreal dunk like three, four days ago. If you haven't seen it, definitely check that out. Yep. And I have to give a fourth team. I guess I'm obligated to say UConn, um, mm-hmm. Gonzaga. Uh, Auburn, Purdue, UConn. Okay, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to say UConn and add some faith in it, even though I threw 50 on them winning the national championship. They're not winning it. They're not winning multiple games in this bracket. I don't I don't trust UConn at all. Gonzaga yeah, and Purdue, kind of how I feel about them as well. Gonzaga's never gotten it done. Had teams that are going to get it done. Mark Few, incredible coach, incredible teams, never gets it done. I don't have faith in them. Even though I love Chet Holmgren, I think he's the next white Larry Bird in the, in the league. We'll get off that to another mm-hmm. day. Purdue, same feel. Purdue, always going to win games. Going back to when they had Robbie fucking Hummel or Robbie Gold or whatever the fuck they had. I remember watching Purdue when I was a little kid. Always falling up short in big games. Lost another game when they are number one. No, I don't trust Purdue. I like Auburn, though. I like Bruce Pearl. I'll leave them as my one of my teams. I got Kentucky as the second team. Yeah, they're always young, always sleeping on them. Kentucky, you Coach Cal, out. I'm all in on them. Number three, Kansas. Give me Amaji Abaji, bro. He's, I don't even know much about him, but he's unreal. Kansas, always under the radar. I think they're better than Baylor, even though I think Baylor touched them the other night. Kansas got them in the first matchup. I got Kansas above. And so I got Auburn, Kentucky, Kansas. Kansas. And my last one, sleeper of the day, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, sleeper of the day. How do you say, how do you get to say all those teams come up short? And then you all the time, and then you get to say that you like Kansas and that you like fucking Kentucky. Like they don't come up short with the best teams every single fucking year. When is the last time Kansas or Kentucky won anything? Earlier than fucking Gonzaga and Purdue, my guy. Kentucky's, I believe, was 2011 or 2012. That was Anthony Davis winning the national championship with one point scored. And then Kansas, their last national championship was Mario Chalmers hitting the shot against D. Rose in Memphis 2007. They have the best teams every year. Look, they've they've each won one in the last 12 years. They're consistently coming up. Yeah, bro, it's not college football. You don't get the best team every year winning. It's different. It's better. It's all all good and and all great. And I think those teams have the best chances. I don't know enough about college basketball this year, but the biggest thing is... Veteran backcourts. If you have good guards who can play college basketball, your chances of winning a national championship skyrocket. We've seen it through past 10 years. You go and look at these teams who end up winning. They have great guards, great play, guys who can end up hitting their free throws at the end of the game. Yep. So it should be interesting. I got a, I got a uh, question for you guys now, too. Fun one. Any college baseball listeners out there? Over or under? Eight and a half home runs for Tommy Tanks in his first nine career games. I don't even know who the fuck that is, dude. I don't... Over or under? It's a... Under. Okay. Richard? I'm, I'm, I think I'm an unfair answer, but I'm going over. It is over. He has hit nine home runs in his first eight games. Tommy Tanks, 18-year-old <laughs> redshirt freshman playing in the ACC, NC State. To have a kid who's a redshirt freshman come in and hit near three-hole for a college baseball team is unheard of. For this kid to come out and see three pitches in his first game and hit three home runs, unbelievable. College baseball this kid is, is hitting, it's been a lot of fun paying about. attention. Yeah. 
But uh, I just Coastal. want to say this kid has hit nine home runs in his first eight career games. He's hitting 588 with 28 home runs. This is unreal. No, this yeah. Is so fun and to pay attention to. I need I'm to shout out Caitlin is... Clark again, who's oh, been yeah, balling, bro. What'd you drop? 38? Extended her streak of 15 points and five assists to 18 straight games. The only D1 players, women's or men's, with longer streaks other than the last 20 seasons are Trey Young and John Morant. I saw she also uh, put up 250 points, 50 rebounds, and 50 assists in a calendar month. The only other player to do that was Kemba Walker in 2011. Uh, she is unbelievable, dude. Like, I'm throwing, if I'm betting anybody to win the college uh, tournament, it's going to be Paige Beckers coming back, which I saw, and UConn getting hot, or it's going to be Iowa, K and Clark, just absolutely Kemba Walker style, just taking over the tournament. All about it. Just need is. to throw that in there on the woman's side, which oh, she's a has been pretty pretty incredible as well. Did you touch on Beckers? I was spacing out. Yeah, Paige Becker, she's back. UConn women, way better chance than UConn men to make a run. Just throwing that out there. Um, All right, boys. I got to go soon, so I'll finish up the pod here. Got to let Callie out. Got some indoor golf tonight, you know, living the dream. Saw Dukes today. Yeah? What's he doing? Yeah, he was up He was up in uh, Stanford doing a job interview, and he swung by for like an hour before I went to the gym. Oh, sweet. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Chilled with Dukes for a little bit. Chatted. Yeah, I saw Dukes the other day, too, actually. First time in a while. I saw Dukes He told me he was doing gym. some interviewing and stuff. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, said he said he liked the place. Um, I think it was like his third interview, so it seemed seemed pretty serious or pretty far along in the process. Nice, nice. That's always good to hear. Go Dukes. Yeah. All right, fellers. Much love for coming through. Always a pleasure. Fire pod here on the Seggy Station today. Much love, boys. Nice little two-hour yep. rip.